Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Joking Dolphin Gaming Pod. I'm Mark, and as always, I'm joined by Matthew. Hello. Ah, Nathan. Hello, Ski. How are we doing? Jolly good. Like, the sun's shining. It's above... It's been above 18 degrees for about four days this week, which has been pretty much our summer. The sun's not shining where I am. So Is it not? Be up, no, it's just a bit... looks a bit gloomy, actually. Well, you're classed as Rotherham, aren't you, Mark? So that's probably why. Ooh. The sun only shines in Sheffield. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, news. Um, right. Rockstar or Take-Two or both. So they've introduced GTA Plus. This is a membership uh, for GTA Online. Printing money stuff again, isn't it? It's is this stuff any? Sh- is this a shock to anybody at all? This is no, a matter of time, not really. Surely. I mean, they came out saying that GTA Online were going to be free, so you you've got mm-hmm. to know that they were going to try and monetize that somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Just launches on the next generation or current generation, shall we say? And then, of course, they put this feature in it. So, what is it exactly? So, this is for the news why. It says, GTA Plus is a new membership program exclusively for GTA Online and PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and S, launching on March 29th, providing easy access to a range of valuable benefits for both new and long-standing players on the latest generation consoles. And this is what you... So, these are the benefits you get. So, you get $500,000 in-game, not real life, uh, delivered automatically to your maze bank account, the Principe Divest 8, along with a complimentary house special works upgrade, blah, 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 plus the HSW Orange Trip and HSW CMYK glitch liveries. I, what? Don't care. Okay. The auto shop located in La Mesa introduced an assortment of gameplay updates from Los Santos tuners. Current auto shop owners can relocate to La Mesa at no additional cost. Waived Los Santos car meetup fees. Okay. Uh... Current LS Car Meet members with GTA Plus will be reimbursed $50,000 during this event period. Okay. Yacht owners can upgrade to the Aquarius Super Yacht at no additional cost. So you've got to own a yacht anyway, so then upgrade to this. They don't just give you a yacht as part of the benefit anyway. But uh, The Gusset Frog Tee and Broker Prolapse Basketball Top and Shorts automatically added to your wardrobe, so three items of clothing. Uh, the Conveyor Livery for the Mammoth Avenger blah de blah blah so couple of liveries for some very expensive vehicles uh, which they don't give you the vehicles uh, selection of free paints and emblems for the auto shop three times GTA money and RP on house special work race series uh-huh. two times car beat rep on the street race series uh-huh. right is that of any who who cares about any of that is any of that of any interest to anybody unless GTA is the only game you ever play who cares oh there you go those that are still you playing GTA online Anything on that, that's of any use. I mean, in terms of the yacht, Apart from the cash. if you've already got a yacht anyway, you've probably got more than enough cash than you need. So what's another half a million going to do? And you can't do much for the yacht anyway. Why else? It's of no real use. Yeah. So I think they said it was going to be five ninety nine, didn't they, in dollars? Yes. Yeah. It costs five ninety nine a month for these wonderful benefits. Oh, these are the benefits that run from the March 29th to April 27th. But get this, they also said this. GTA Plus members can also take advantage of special GTA Plus shark cards that provide yeah. extra bonus cash from the PlayStation Store, on the PS5, or Microsoft Store. Mm-hmm. 
I think this is the most GTA Online thing I've ever heard. So let's pay money so that we can pay more money for short cards. It's all what's what is going on here? I'm losing the to live with this sort of stuff. Well, that's it. Why up? Why make any changes to Red Dead Redemption Two when you can siphon another billion out of people this way? <laughs> well, yeah, it's a good. Point. That's just another slap in the face of that game. Mm. So no takers for this then. I think one of us will do it. Why are you going to do it, Nathan? I'm not doing it. I don't even play GTA I'm sure Online. I can't do it. I think Matt might slip into it. I've not played GTA Online for years. Why do you think I would slip into this? I don't think there's anything on that that I would even be interested in, to be honest. What? What would you? I don't. There's I don't like this that. judgment that is, that's thrown upon me by Nathan here. <laughs> How dare you, sir? Big accusation. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Nathan's going to try it once. I bet he does. Just once. He'll cancel after, but he'll try it. Six quid. I might give in to the peer pressure, you know. I'm joking. I'm not. I'm not going to do it. No. You will. Don't do it. <laughs> like the auto <laughs> shop, the auto um, <laughs> shop property one. Why would you want to move your cars into the middle of the ghetto? I just don't understand. They might get scratched. <sighs> Weird. Anyway. Yeah. It's just it's just pure greed. It's, I mean, on the face of it, like, to be honest, the time to money ratio, which is what I'd think about, is it's a pretty good deal because it'd take you an hour or two to get half a million's worth of money. So, what, five quid for that? It's not that bad. Six quid. Six, well, I'm talking about in dollars after the exchange rate, but we know it's probably going to be yeah, five, six quid. Yeah, we never yeah, save anything. We're not going to get it cheaper. Um, on the face of it, I think it is it's an okay deal, but it's the precedent that it sets in people That's accepting okay this. Yeah. I, don't see, I don't see what's good about that at all. Well, everything you get for the sake of six quid. I'm thinking about the time it yeah, takes but all of it is crap. Stuff. <laughs> we we will agree to disagree at this point. Right. Well. Moving on from, from this debacle that's just turned into. Uh, <laughs> Sony had a uh, another a stay of play um, over the last two weeks. Very, uh, very wizard-based, uh, I think, think we can call it. I don't think anything else got shown from, from memory. That's just it, um, So it is... Um, I forgot, I forgot who is this actually doing it, but the developer is Avalanche, but it's Avalanche's Hogwarts Legacy. The uh, port, port, port something games, port key games. That's it, isn't it? Port key yeah. games. That's what they call it. Port key. Port is it port key by? No, Um. So yeah. So this the the big. I can't remember. Is is this single player or is it is the definitely it's definitely just single yeah. player. Right. So because I think at some point it was towered that it might be sort of like another sort of MMO esque kind of game, but then I think it got retooled to be single player some point but basically we got to see a a proper look at uh hogwarts legacy i don't know what your guys thoughts on it because i'm i'm not a big harry potter fan but i mean what i saw was pretty impressive um you know i used to play the old harry potter games i think i think maybe philosopher's stone might be my favorite from playstation one um as horrible of graphics so they are to look at now <laughs> um, hey, Hagrid looked amazing with that big ass nose he had <laughs> um, 
but it looks it does it does look quite good. I like the idea of like you know you're actually participating in lessons. You know you're doing that kind of stuff. You're learning. I gave me bully vibes though. Gave you vibes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then you're you know you're learning magic, you're learning how to duel with that as well against other classmates, um, and then being able to explore Hogwarts as well, finding all the, like the different secrets and whatnot. That that's that seemed pretty cool. Um, don't know, your guys' thoughts were on it. I was really surprised how good this looked. Mm. I was expecting yeah. it to be a bit lame, to be quite honest. Because I didn't mm. know much about Avalanche Studios. When it said port key games as well, I'm like, what on earth is that? But then I realised it's a, it's a thing where they're putting like Harry Potter-themed games under an umbrella or something like that. Because port mm-hmm. key is an item from Harry Potter. Oh, I'm, okay. not, I'm not a massive Harry Potter fan, but I, I watch the films and I do like them. But, yeah, I was really surprised how well... I, this actually quite looked. Um, as you say, the whole going exploring Hogwarts looks really good. Going into all the um, common rooms and all that business, and going to the classrooms. And, was it po- this mentioned like po- uh, potion classes, herbology? I think it was another one. Yeah, so a bit alchemy, herbology, uh, um, defense, it, defense against dark arts. Against dark arts. arts yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what other ones there are. I'm trying to remember from from just the from the films. <laughs> but there's, there's quite a few. That's good. Um, there, there seems to be a story around the, the school having to defend against this like goblin invasion. I think it is. Something about an uneasy alliance between goblins and humans. Dark wizards. It was. Uh, I wasn't sure. Yeah, what, one thing I really liked about it is the room of requirement because that seemed to be mm. kind of like a hub world where you could like set up certain things and create your own spells and potions and things. And then eventually as you kind of expand from going away from Hogwarts a bit, you can kind of like save or collect these creatures and they go to the room of requirements so to try and help you with your studies because the premise is that your character comes in as a fifth year, so yeah. there is a lot of catching up to do. So you've got to try and like cram as much as you can and learn as much as you can to try and catch up with the other other classmates that you've got. But yeah, it's, mm. honestly, this is this seems like the the Harry Potter game that I've been waiting for since I were a kid. Like just being able to explore Hogwarts fully is absolutely amazing, and just how rich everything looks. And not just Hogwarts, because you can go yeah. beyond the wall, can't you? Mm. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Because the the um the fighting elements when you do start learning spells that looked absolutely fantastic. All the different kinds of spells you can chain, and and things you can use in combat as well. That side of it did look fairly rich. It reminded me a little bit of a sort of a mixture between I think it's like Fable and Magicka. I don't know if anyone's ever played Magic here, but it's where you could like combine different spells to make more powerful spells in effect it looked it looked pretty cool how they could do that yeah i'd be interested to see like what kind of links we've got because it's set in the 1800s yeah, yeah. The 1800s so they say you probably won't see many people that you recognize so we saw nearly headless snake oh you won't um, see anyone apart from headless snakes it's like 100 years before yeah but they, but they mentioned that you might see some like family ties or some like surnames that you recognise mm. from certain classmates and stuff like that. So I'm just looking at the uh, FAQ on the website. Oh, yeah. They did clarify that there are no microtransactions at all. 
good. Take two. Box it comes to something when that's a highlight <laughs> of a game. <laughs> can players choose their Hogwarts house in Hogwarts Legacy? Yes, you can. That one. Players can choose their Hogwarts house. Would you prefer to have just been randomly given one when you played it? Or would you like to have chosen? I wanted the special edition game to have a sorting hat in there that you put on and it scans your mind and then puts you into a house that they think's right for you. Maybe in VR. Maybe that VR PSVR yeah. too, they can have that. Yeah. Um I think I'd like it to be random, but I don't know how they'd be able to do it. It'd be like a number of questions you'd have to ask or something and like whatever response you give would be. Mm. Well maybe you could do that as part of the character setup. Set like different traits for your character and then when you do eventually come to being sorted, then they take that into account maybe. Hopefully. I don't like it. I don't. I wouldn't like it to be based on just what you wanted to go into because that's kind of goes against the law of the sorting hat. Yeah, we all know which one this could be under anyway. So, well, funnily enough, course. there is. You say that, Mark, but there is a Harry Potter house quiz that you can take, and mm-hmm. I actually got Hufflepuff. Well, that's we know that's wrong, but okay. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I know I'm more of a Gryffindor uh, myself. Oh yeah. So come on, which one do you want to be then? Me? Yeah. For you. If you, if you had the choice. Slytherin, obviously. It's the funnest. You're that. <laughs> the funnest. I think I'd like to be in Ravenclaw. Any reason for that? I just like ribbons. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> Not the intellectual side of it at all. No, no. We all, like, we all know Hufflepuff because they're the stoners of the... Stoners. <laughs> I go with Hufflepuff because it sounds like a Pokemon, and I think that's ironic for me. <laughs> uh, so what is the original story of Hogwarts legacy? Players will experience life as a student at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry in the 1800s, 1800s as they embark on a dangerous journey to uncover a hidden truth of the wizarding world. They will grow their magical abilities by mastering spells, brewing potions, taming magical beasts, and more. That is, you could fly. Bad game, couldn't you? You did have the broom. Oh yeah, I haven't seen a screenshot of it. Did did they sh- did they show it in the yeah was, as well? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, they did show it oh. in the stairway as well. They were flying oh, boom, and some I missed it. I don't know what they were called, but some magical flying beast thing as well. They were riding on that, but apparently it looks like there's no Quidditch, which is surprising. What? You know, Harry Potter. Well, it's not a Harry Potter game, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it's, it's, a, bit it's strange to admit that. Maybe they're going for more of like a a darker undertone, and Quidditch might give it a bit too much happiness. Oh, yeah, we can't have any joy in the game, can we? That's it, it's got to be dark. Then again, when was Quidditch introduced? In... It's hundreds hundreds of years old, Quidditch, because I think they mentioned in when whenever Harry became a seeker, and they say you're like the youngest seeker in like 100 or so years. I know that still doesn't bring it up to date with this game, but you've got to think that Quidditch is older than that. Good think so. You just like to explore the grounds and see if there's a Quidditch page. That's it. Just go up to it, it's locked. DLC. No, actually they didn't, never said they were doing yeah. DLC. Don't give them ideas. But I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Like when when I was watching the state of play, it kind of like unlocked so many childhood memories and wonders about the wizarding world. I'm just excited for it to come out so I can play it now. I like the idea of the puzzles inside Hogwarts. Like so they've got they had this design obviously from the films and books etc but then they've had to create additional bits to get from A to B haven't they yeah yeah 
and so they've ended up like putting like secret bits in and things like that. So I'm going like, to look. Yeah. There's like one where they were like doing something and they're painting on the wall or something like like a puzzle or something using a spell on it. I don't know what they're doing exactly, but it looks interesting. It looks like you could open these uh, little secrets in the castle. Mm. I'm gonna. I'm sure I'm gonna enjoy looking around for them. No, no. Overall, I, I, I really surprisingly enjoyed the look of this more than I thought I would. Yeah, I think I went the same, but I'm like, I mean, when I when I got announced, I was like, oh, okay. But then sure enough, I was like, oh, right, still Adrian. Looks, uh, looks a lot better than I was thought it was going to be. <laughs> Talk about EA or FIFA. Yeah, well, I say FIFA. It looks like it's going to be FIFA no longer. Yeah, potentially. Mm. So according to Video Game Chronicle, Electronic Arts has reportedly greenlit the decision to rebrand its FIFA series of games as EA Sports Football Club, it's claimed. That's according to journalist Jeff Grubb. Let's not get away from it. It's a crap name. It is. Yeah. And they've had, it, they've had it trademarked since last year, so well, it's, been, it's been coming, hasn't it? I, I still believe that this is going to hurt them long term, not paying the billion for the FIFA licence. So they're not paying the FIFA license, but they've got licenses to other. So they can still use player licenses and names and all that, can't they? Yeah. Yeah. But is the casual player going to know that when they change the name? That'd be why they end up falling a bit short. What I mean? Oh, no. I, I, I think like maybe the first... I think certainly the first game, there might be a bit of a drop-off. But I think mm. once, once the kind of word gets out that, oh, this is what FIFA is... Now, I, I don't think it'll damage them as much as what I think you guys are making it out to be. But I've got a funny feeling it's going to become even more heavily monetized then. Once they've sh- once they've got that name off it, I think that I genuinely think that's the reason behind all this. Yeah, they want they want to push more monetization, and FIFA probably don't want that. FIFA not wanting money, shocking. But I don't think they want to tarnish that brand. Yeah. Well, funnily enough, I had a rumour that the entire game was going to go free-to-play at one point, FIFA. So I imagine in that, that you'd... I don't see that happen, because people stupidly still buy it. So they're going to still getting 70 quid every year. True. Why, True. Would you, why would you just stop doing that when it, const- it consistently ends up topping charts? Things like that. You wouldn't just stop doing it, would you? If you were in their position, would you just do that? Say, nah, well, keep your 70 quid. What if they did do that? What I could probably see them doing is parting it out. So you'd have to pay like 10 quid for career, 10 quid for pro clubs, 10 quid for ultimate team entry, and like do it that way. And then they'd monetize each bit separately. Mm. I I don't think they would do that. I think they would see what's happening with eFootball and go, like, yeah, it's just. Well, it's dead anyway, isn't it? <laughs> well, that's it. It's like that became a dead game. <laughs> Mainly due to also being like a bad game. It's not, you know, mm-hmm. the actual football isn't that good. So it's probably the only advantage that FIFA has at this moment in time is that, you know, can't, the, the gameplay is still solid enough. Next joke. So just reading this is on Video Game Chronicle as well. It says EA's current 10 year FIFA naming deal is understood to expire after November's Qatar World Cup. And VGC's own sources have indicated that EA had been pushing ahead to call this year's game FIFA 23, essentially the last to use the brand. Do you think this year's will still be FIFA? Yeah, because it comes out in August, September time, doesn't it? So they'll start the naming rights and that'll be the last FIFA. 
According to documents seen by VGC, EA has also been planning to include two FIFA World Cup tournaments in the next game, a first for the series, uh, covering this year's covering this year's women's and men's events, potentially oh. adding credence to the possibility it will use the FIFA name one last time. So yeah, it probably will be FIFA 23, I imagine. Yeah, I could see it being the last for off from. I can see him probably doing FIFA 23 and then maybe doing like a catchphrase of EA Sports Football Club to kind of bridge the name change, maybe. Well, I, I just have it as a subtitle. Yeah. Like, used to it. Hmm. Maybe. Stranger things have happened. I feel like they've used this name somewhere before, though. Because they're like... So I don't know if you guys remember, there used to be like... Um, like a, like a point system in FIFA games. You know, like if you play a game, you complete it, you get so many points. And if you do certain challenges, you get points. Yeah. And you use these points to unlock um, little extras in the game, like you know, more boots, uh, um, classic teams, all that kind Balls. of stuff. Okay. I feel like that system, though, they, they did call it something similar, like the actual kind of... Like EA Sports Club or something like that. Maybe. Catalogue. No, there was the catalogue, but then there was like, they had this whole branding system over like the points and um, also being able to transfer your pro from like one game to the next was also kind of under this one brand of like EA Sports Club, I think it might be. Okay. Um, I always enjoyed that. It quite similar. Because you could yeah, get FIFA points for um, Ultimate Team and stuff like Not FIFA points, sorry, but coins for Ultimate Team. Mm. You and got, like, like boosts, boosts, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. I, I just... I kind of liked it because I had, like, a level system to it as well. I don't know why I had a level system, but... <laughs> um, but mm. Well, shall we stick with FIFA? They've ended up having to get rid of a football legend in Diego Maradona from the game. And this is taken from Eurogamer. It says, uh, it was first reported in November that Mountain Donners, former manager Stefano Sissi, could not prove his claim over the legal rights of Maradona's likeness, and as such didn't have the power to sign documents with EA, something he ultimately did, regardless. It is called believed that Maradona's assets are owned by Matthias Mola. Apparently Mola gained control of the Maradona brand in August 2020, in what sounds like a messy battle for control over the rights to one of the greatest footballers of all time. However, Mola's company, Satvicha, was banned from using any of Maradona's brands in March 2021 by two of Maradona's daughters. This particular dispute was settled later that same year, but Maradona's family are still fighting with Mola over who has the rights to the footballer's branding and image. So there you go. A messy legal battle has caused Diego Maradona to be removed from FIFA. Not that I ever used FIFA Ultimate Team or anything like that where he appears, but it's taken long enough for this to actually happen, isn't it? If there was any dispute going on for quite yeah, a few years, you would have thought strange. this might have happened first. It might have mm. happened a couple of years ago, wouldn't it? But anyway, either of you ever acquired him being Ultimate Team? I'm not that lucky. I always used to get crap uh, packs on Ultimate Team. Crap packs. Yeah. So I only ever had like one in form, and it was one that was probably worth about as much as you could when you discarded him. So, yeah. No, never managed to pull a legend out of a pack, so. Should we talk about the um, new potential Game Pass? Ooh, yeah. Project Spartacus. Well, according to reports, we could be seeing PlayStation's answer to Microsoft's Game Pass, Codename Spartacus, as early as next week. 
Who knows? Maybe even by the time this pod is released, it might have even been announced. I'm no, putting no, that out there before. Be. <laughs> I'm putting that out there before it happens, and then we're late to the party. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so apparently this is going to combine the PS Plus and the PS Now services. I mean, we, we, we thought it would come in, but I didn't quite expect it to be quite this soon, if this is true. Mm. Yeah, I, I imagined it to come out maybe September, October time this year, but just well, they're pushing ahead with it. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Selling memberships and stuff I just like think, that. I just think this is going to work, exactly. Well, um so reading off from, from another article that seems to have a little bit more information about it, uh, it's going to work in some sort of like a, like a tier uh, mm. system. Three tiers. Um, yeah, so there's three tiers. I've already forgotten what they're called, but I think there's some like, at least in, in American dollars, uh, the basic tier uh, would be $10. I think this is going to be like $10 a month or something like that. Um, and that's going to act how pretty much PlayStation Plus is now. So, you know, get to play online, get to have your, you know, PlayStation Plus free games a month, all that jazz. Um, I think the mid tier, which is $13, is basically the PS Plus Plus PS Now. So you get the the access to the, um, I suppose, the, the streaming service at the moment, um, which apparently has about over 300 games currently. Um, and then the highest tier, which I think was going at $16, I could be wrong, um, will also combine sort of like um, exclusive timed demos for games, um, as well as access to sort of their classic library. So be able to play, you know, PlayStation 1, 2, 3, and PSP games. No mention of Vita, though. Mm. I don't know what to think about that because it's not it's not quite Game Pass, is it? Because they're not they're not putting their first party titles day one on there for you to access. I don't think I don't think that Sony have got enough money to stomach doing that. That's the difference, I think. It would always be something they use later, couldn't it? If this is a success. Well, yeah, we gotta wait to see if this all uh, look good or not. Well, they could do it timed, so like after six months or so, they could just drop them on there, just so that anyone who wants to play the game first will get the revenue from that, and then if you don't mind waiting six months, you'll get it at that stage, so you will get the first part of stuff eventually. That'd be like a nice middle ground for them, maybe. Okay. Are the games streaming? Apparently not. Apparently it's the download onto the console. Good. So that's one thing that puts me in. I think, yeah, I think there's a combination of you can download or you can stream. I think. One thing about this that worries me, that bottom package that's on par with PS Plus, $10 a month, that's roughly three times more than I'm paying now. That's worrying. I don't know if that's... What's the current subscription in, in America at the moment? I think, it's about, I think it's 60. So it'd be double the amount in America. But right now, I... I always get mine on offer, so I get mine for about 30 a year. If this comes into effect, before it does, can we just buy, like, multiple PS Plus things? <laughs> well, you can stack but, them, yeah. But how does that work? How will that work with the system, though? Will that just... Is that going to translate to the first tier of this 
thing. So mm. we don't know, do we? I suppose we'll find out what they did with Xbox and Gold migrating across to Game Pass. A lot of people used to do this. They've since closed the loophole, but there was a three-year maximum where you could get Gold for three years on your account. And then a lot of people were using the one pound for the month kind of not test, but well, oh, what's it called? Like the the one month account, like teaser thing for Game Pass. But when they applied that oh, to wow. their yeah, the trial, the one month, one pound trial. And then when they applied that to their Xbox Live Gold, it gave them three years of Game Pass. Right. Well, they've since closed that loophole. But they did as well when when they announced the ultimate package. They did have that um, promotion where you could convert your remaining sort of time on gold over to ultimate for I think it was like a pound. So, but I can't I can't see Sony do that. You know, if you had like two years or something, and they were like, right, here's this thing we've got. Like, I couldn't seem like, oh, you, but you can migrate over to, like, the highest package for a quid for the rest of your time. Mm. I suppose we'll find out when it launches what the different options are in terms of migrating. Or is it just going to be a locked system where you go to the end of your PS Plus and then you sign up for one of these new things? I suppose you won't seen... know until it happens. What does it say? I, I've actually seen quite a few comments of people, and I think this might have been from the Eurogamer um, article, but I've seen quite a few people saying they want a cheaper tier where it's just PS Plus Online, like not even game no, games, any games, honestly, just, yeah. just to be able to play online. Yeah. I was yeah. like, yeah, why, why not? Maybe some yeah. people don't want those games. Maybe they already have them. A lot, a lot of the games that... Out... Rest, that's pretty much what I'd probably do. I'd probably yeah. go for that. Because I very rarely actually played the PS Plus games I've got. Mm. Usually they end up going on the cheap when they get released on PS Plus. Oh, well, yeah, wouldn't it? Like, I'd probably wait for a deal or something like this for a fiver. Yeah, but yeah. This is something that's happened. Is that I've gone onto like the store, bought something that was on a deal, and then like a month or two later, oh, look, it's on PS Plus. <laughs> and I've bought the game in a deal and still not played it. <laughs> so, yeah. What's the point? Yeah, I think we should, well, Sony and Microsoft should definitely look to do that, I think. Because the games for Gold, I've got Xbox Live Gold because I don't, personally for me, I don't want Game Pass because I like to have all my games physically. So I don't want to pay extra money for something that I'm not going to tangibly have. Yeah. But the games for Gold are crap, honestly. The, every month it's always such a letdown, the games you get. I know that sometimes we have conversations about the PlayStation side, but it's like light years ahead of what, xbox give you and i couldn't understand why they're giving you such a, like a low quality set of games because they want to get you on game pass for a few extra quid a month but yeah if they did do like the bottom package that says you just get online i'd be pretty happy with that as well i like how we, we always complain about free stuff as well don't we <laughs> well it's not free we have to pay for yeah, it every year it well we'd be yeah but you'd be paying for it anyway so you just get not necessarily because we don't top. We might not want it. Basically, we've been given things that we might not want where it could have been at a cheaper price for something that we do want. Just play online, that's all I want. <laughs> I don't want your monster truck racing or whatever it is. 
Hey, that's a quality game, Mark. Hey, yeah, yeah. Don't... Monster Truck Racing. Right. Sorry. Maybe I, I could have picked something else, though. <laughs> Saying that, um, on Games for Gold, they did give us Space Invaders Evolution, and that's an absolute cracking title. If you say so. I've not played it, but I'll take your word for it. You can actually move upwards as well, rather than just from side to oh, side. Oh, no, that's, that's the cheating. evolution oh, right there. Oh, that's cheating. No, it's not. No, no, it's... Broke anyway. the game now. It's the future, Matt. It's the future. Not upwards, not just sound design. Anyway, speaking of the future, Fortnite has removed building from its main mode for the new season. I don't know how that linked to the future, but yeah, continue. <laughs> well, because <laughs> Fortnite. The future of Fortnite, yes, definitely. We're going to hear about this because anybody who listens to this knows that I am not a Fortnite person. So this is actually, it's, it's, it's not like a separate thing. No. It's no, not it's like a separate mode. It's just, it's just the game is no building. Now. Yeah, so as part of the seasonal story, um, the enemy faction has removed building from the players and it, you've got to try and get it back in effect as part of the story. So that's why you can't build right now. Now, for what I know, I think Matthew's going to like this. You weren't a fan of the building, were you? Or you don't like building? Oh yeah, you don't like other people building. It's a bit of a strange one. Like, I'm, I'm not good at the building side of it, but I wouldn't... And I've never sort of objected for it to be in the game, because I feel like right. if you do remove it from the game, then I think it kind of loses identity a little bit. You know, it's on kind of, I suppose, gimmick for its own battle royale. Like, the whole thing was kind of about building. It is a uh, bit of a weird decision. Have they put something else in? Or is that it? It's just, you can't build and that's it. No, they've uh, just stripped it out. No, it's, that's pretty much it. You just, you just can't build. Um, I mean, they, they have added, like, a, a couple of, like, assault vehicles now. Like, you can get tanks and stuff. Um, and they've added a couple of new um, movement um, features. Like, you can actually sprint in the game. Um, and mantle things. Which is actually quite, I kind of like how they've implemented it. It's... Um, it's interesting. It's uh, I've, I've played a couple of games of it so far, um, and it is it definitely does feel different. Like you feel, I don't know, you sort of feel vulnerable without the building. Yeah. In a way, like I I used it mainly just to kind of just put walls around me, just to kind of stop people from shooting me from behind or something, just so I can kind of reposition myself in a in a better position where I can sort of fight back. Um, and then obviously everyone else that I've shoot builds a 60 by 60 fortress <laughs> yeah in about four <laughs> seconds uh by, by the time i've waited for them i'll just throw like a, a firebomb it just burns it all down so uh <laughs> um but it is it is definitely it does make the game feel a little different like you, you got uh, i feel like people are a little bit more cautious about what they do um is that a good thing though I, just I don't know. It it definitely it it feels. I've not I've not felt too much camping so far. There's definitely been people who would normally be aggressive are like still aggressive. They just they can't build now, so they just have to like basically run at you and be aggressive that way. Yeah, run out like Rambo. Um, ah. Yeah, there was actually the first the first game that I had. Um, I kind of stayed around a building. Um, and then this guy kind of popped around the corner. I kind of 
we had a little fight. I killed him. And then as I turned around, another guy kind of was crouching around the corner again and killed me. So there's definitely a lot more play around buildings and, and stuff, um, if it gets to it. But um, it's not too bad. I'm not, it's not too bad, I don't think. Um, I mean, I managed to get a, a win this morning just before the podcast where I had to take a guy on who had a tank. You had to get that one in there, did you? So, <laughs> oh, yeah, I could have got it in there. I'm enjoying it so far. I don't. I don't think I'll be. Well, I said I don't think it'll be permanent. I think it might be a permanent side game. But I think building will eventually come back into it. Well, I did actually see a screenshot of. I don't know whether this is on there now, but this morning I saw a screenshot of like solo game, and then in brackets non-building. So it seems like they will keep it as like a side thing, as you said. Hmm. Uh, I've seen that back. game as of yet, but I think that's just because the the seasonal content hasn't quite finished yet. We've not brought building back. So. Um, I find it all very weird because to me, that's Fortnite's selling point, isn't it? Oh, construction, building stuff in it. Just generic battle royale then, if you take all that stuff with it. Then it's not Fortnite. Because the whole, because obviously before the battle royale, Fortnite was a game about building your fortress, you know, defending, wasn't it? Yeah. And they they just basically changed the entire thing. Yeah, I mean it's it's the first time they've done it though, so it is is quite interesting to see what would Fortnite be like without its gimmick sort of thing. Genetic. Less formal, more <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, anyway, makes no difference to me. But if people like it, people like it. Yeah, I think in terms of Fortnite, it's evolved from that into more of a we're going to offer you each season these pop culture figures that if you like it, then you'll tend to kind of invest in that and get the characters that you want rather than it just be a Battle Royale game with building on top. Can I talk about VR? Yeah. Now, i got a funny feeling I'm going to be the only one interested in this, but I'll let this add it. So this is from CNET. It says, so the National Football League, or the NFL, on Wednesday signed a deal to work with sports technology company Status Pro to create a new annualised virtual reality game to Meta's Quest headset and Sony's PlayStation VR. The new game will provide a first-person experience, allowing fans to play the game through the eyes of characters on the virtual field. The two companies didn't reveal the game's title, projected release date or price, but they did say that they plan to recreate that they plan to create an authentic extended reality experience. Among Status Pro's current efforts are an app for Microsoft HoloLens augmented reality headset, which overlays computer information on the real world. In this case, players see digital football players superimposed in front of them as they practice various maneuvers. The companies believe this athlete-like technology will help make their future VR game that much more immersive. Virtual reality gaming is, is rapidly expanding and our partnership with Status Pro allows us to explore a new immersive version of NFL gaming with support of the two largest VR platforms within this emerging space. Joe Ruggiero, SVP of Consumer Products at the NFL, said in a statement. I think that sounds pretty cool. But, like, you guys care. You yeah, care you are, right. Cool. <laughs> you're, you're the only one that cares about this. <laughs> to be in there, in a game, ultimate. So, yeah, that, throwing the ball, you know. Checking all the players around you, make sure you don't get toppled over and get bashed around. I think that sounds pretty cool to me. And the concept does sound good. It's just a shame that I've not got much love for the sport. Otherwise, I'm sure I'd find it interesting. Yeah. So we've had a couple of uh, leaks in terms of 
games that Ubisoft have been working on. So one of these in particular, I'm really looking forward to. So this is from Tom Henderson. So it's come out that Ubisoft are working on two titles in particular. So the first one is an Immortals Phoenix Rising sequel, which I didn't think we were going to get because the end of that game seemed to tie things up pretty well. Um, but I really enjoyed that game. Um, that was kind of the, I don't want to call it Breath of the Wild clone, but it was pretty much Breath of the Wild clone for multi-platform. Um, so it like a puzzle elements, um, traversal. You could even fly pretty much like what Link did. Um, but yeah, that was a really good game and be looking forward to a sequel there. The next one is a Prince of Persia game, but it's not the Sands of Time remake. So apparently this is going to be a 2.5D game inspired by Ori. Uh, the Will of the Wisps game that came out on the Xbox a few years ago. Really nice platformer. So it seems like in that they're trying to go back to the roots a bit, um, which is nice to see. But yeah, a couple of games there that they're apparently working on. No idea in terms of timescales yet, but looking forward to the Immortals Phoenix Rising one personally. Well, mind the new um, Prince of Persia in like the old style. Because, like, to me, to me, like, the very first Prince of Persia was, like, like the original Dark Souls. It was just it's difficult. <laughs> Everything's a Dark Souls game now. Yep. <laughs> uh, but you, you know what I mean? Like, it was, it was difficult. There was always, like, surprises around new screens that you go into. All the different traps and brawl deaths that you get in that game. Actually, actually terrify me a little bit since some of the uh, some of the deaths in that game, especially if you're like skewered on the spikes. That was a bit nasty. Um, no, I'd, I'd I'd quite like to see a new um, Prince of Persia game and that kind of stuff. You know how you said in the last bit you didn't care about the NFL. I don't care about any of these. <laughs> <laughs> Retribution. <laughs> yeah. Well. Moving on to a game that none of us have played and probably don't care too much about. Uh, Battlefield 2042. Um, a little bit of news there. So um, apparently uh, DICE has learned some valuable lessons from, from the disastrous launch of Battlefield 2042. Um, so this is just taken from an article on Eurogamer. Just to read uh, that the studio will be reverting a lot of the changes we made in Battlefield 2042, according to an inside source. Uh, the next Battlefield game is already entered pre-production. Uh, so <laughs> potentially. Right. Where original plans to use Battlefield 2042 as a foundation to build on have been scrapped. Um, there are also plans to pivot the franchise into a so-called hero shooter in line with competitors such as Call of Duty and Overwatch. I can't think of anything worse for Battlefield. Uh, the article's gone saying I that... This the, is uh, the worst for Battlefield. 2042, that's worse. Well, uh, I mean, they, they, they tried the hero kind of system in the game by tying certain things to certain roles. I, just, I don't think it quite works out for a Battlefield game. Mm. Um because yeah, it's selling point, it's kind of it's supposed to be different. They're, obviously, they failed more. 
massively on this scale. So yeah, maybe he's just trying to find some desperate way to change it. Obviously. Looked elsewhere and thought, what's popular? We'll try that. Mm. And then they'll lose their identity. But yeah, yeah, just a year. Yeah, just kind of finishing on the articles that um, EO have been conducting playtests focusing on Battlefield 2042's class system. Going to several playtesters, the specialist system in the next Battlefield game will tie specialist roles to classes more closely. Um, it's also claimed that the next Battlefield will also be set in modern day or near future. So, um, I just. <laughs> it's been like 2042, isn't it? <laughs> near future. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe dial it down a a bit maybe like 2031 20, <laughs> <laughs> um i feel i feel bad for people like fans of fans of battlefield because really we just i don't understand this obsession with with wanting to do hero stuff like having hero classes or specialists it's like battlefield's strength is having 64 people all in different classes working together knowing what role they're in and and to obviously be the other team. None, none of this like gimmicky, oh, this guy's going to have a grapple hook, oh, this guy's going to have the squirrel fly suit. Is, that wasn't even 2042's problem. Because it was just a buggy mess. Oh, <laughs> that was there, wasn't it? It was, it was buggy. There was a lot of features of, of Battlefield that were normally being missing. You know, everyone argued about leaderboards. Um, you know the destruction, the destructive environments seem to have been dialed down from previous battlefields. You know, you had all these massive tower buildings, and yet jets could just fly straight through. Yeah. Um, couldn't do anything to them. You know, like all this stuff that makes battlefields what it should be. You know, destructive environments, class system, large you know, map, teamwork, large map. Um. I mean, they got a large map down, and they, they had all the, you know, bumps, the player count to um, 256, I think it was. Um, but then the maps were too big to the point where you spawn and you could take ages finding a firefight going on. Yep, that's my, that's my problem with the game. That's your problem. Most um, of the time it's just me lagging it around, and then shooting at bushes, because no. I thought they were enemies. <laughs> so, I... I don't know where they've got this idea that they need to make some sort of Overwatch-style games. Like, that's, that's not what we want. It's not, it's, <laughs> stop it. I don't, I don't think they've learned any lessons from us. I just feel sorry for the 12 people that are still playing Battlefield 2042. 12? That's optimistic. Because <laughs> it's not really what you want to hear, like, oh, we're starting work on the new game. I know that is the reality. Yeah. Like, when a game comes out, you've already started work on the next one but they they want to hear that their bugs are being worked on this is going to be a solid game for the next however many months to come well, i say isn't it it's like when, when a new game comes out you don't you don't want to like the last thing you want to hear from the devs even though it will be the reality is that they're working on the next game now it's like you don't normally say that until you're ready to announce the next game <laughs> yeah. so uh, just such a mess just kill it with fire Sounds like they have. Mm. Shall we move on to another favourite developer of ours who seems to have quite a bit of news lately? Uh, CD Project Red. Mm. 
Um, although apparently this might actually be good news for once, rather than some terrible news. Uh, so they've come out um, and they've announced that uh, a new game in the Witch franchise uh, they will be making. After being speculation was that maybe the Witch 3 might have been the end of it. It's not Geralt's story, though, is it? That's ended, hasn't it? Potentially, yeah. I think we've... I mean, they've if not, you've played The Witcher 3... They've not said Witcher 4, have they? They've just said a new No, they've not said Witcher 4. They've just said a new game in the Witch series or franchise. Um, so, potentially not with Geralt. Because um, the one teaser image that they released was of a medallion in the snow. Um, it looked very much like a Lynx cat-like figure. Um, which apparently is, is brought on speculation of, um, funnily enough, of a fan fiction of The Witcher, funnily enough, um, that might be potentially being brought into into canon life or something like that. Um, I'm just bringing this over the arc up that I've, I've seen of it. So... Um, so when the image came out, there was sort of like a there's a, a popular theory going online that the new game might be sold on, um, well not sold on, focused on uh, what's called the School of the Links. So from what from what I want to know roughly of like the law of the Witcher, um, there are essentially sort of different schools of um, witches, I suppose, for lack of a better term, I think. So apparently there's like there was this fan one that's all about this this kind of school the cat which got then renamed Lynx, which apparently is something a, a familiar medallion that's worn by Siri in the series. She doesn't wear like a wolf medallion. She actually wears like a cat one, which is what's kind of fueling the speculation of oh maybe this is a game that you play a Siri potentially. Right. Um, which I think would be cool because you do get to play her a little bit. In um, Witcher Three, um, she moves very. She, I mean, she got different sort of powers to Geralt, so could be uh, could be fun. I suppose we'll have to wait and see once we know a little bit more more about it. Um, what this means for Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, I don't know. Um, I think CD Projekt has grown big enough to be able to split teams now to be able to work on the various different projects. So. Um, I don't know. We'll wait and see. See, see what this looks. I'm sure a lot of people will be looking forward to it and then forget that Cyberpunk 2077 happened. <laughs> Still got play Witcher 3. Mm, I started it and I, d- I did my usual where like, I stop and then, like, I don't go back to it. Yeah. Um, but then hearing that they're going to make like a next gen sort of version to it I'm like okay I'll, I'll wait for that, that. Yeah. is there any so, word like that's supposed to come out uh, I don't think so uh, I think it's still in development they've not said much about it I'm just waiting until I can find the 300 hours to spare to play it well that what, what little I do know about it is a massive as well so. <laughs> yeah all those hours I did the same thing with The Witcher that I did with Horizon Zero Dawn. I played it for about four or five hours, and then for some reason I just stopped and I never went back to it. And this and is you what I first sold it at CEX. 
No, no, I've still, <laughs> I've still got it. Um, that was Fallout where I got scared and sold that to CEX. Um, no, all right, okay. No, it tells me. But yeah, it's um, it's fun that I want to get into because I enjoyed like the combat and everything when I were playing it and the story. Mm. But mm. it's just something else probably came along and took my attention away and then I just never went back to it, unfortunately. But I think I'm like with you guys, like with this new game coming out and the remake, I might just get on it, get on it again. Because ever since I've finished Forbidden West, I've got a hole in my heart for a, for a different game. So I just got the thought in my head of you going into a CEX with Fallout. It's good. <laughs> Person behind counter saying, why, why are you selling this? Oh, I got scared. I got yeah. killed by a giant mosquito. <laughs> you meant what it? <laughs> yeah. Can I, can, I, can I have a two pound, please? Yeah. I will play Fallout 3 at some point and banish them demons. Well, job to cheer you up, Nathan. Go on, then. This one's for you. So... We have a, yet another thing going to a TV adaptation. Uh, so director Mathieu Ture said the following on Twitter. It's official. I'm honoured to work on the adaptation as a TV series of A Plague Tale. Oh! Thank you to a sober studio and Focus Entertainment for their trust. I can't wait to bring Amicia and Hugo's journey to the screen. Mm. That's fantastic because I only realised that the Pre-orders for a Playtale Requiem came out on Friday, so it's probably going to go hand in hand with the game release, hopefully. Ah, oh, it's wonderful news. No word on it's when in, or whatever, but yeah, it seems like a re- a fairly niche thing for him to do. I mean, I I enjoyed it so much, but I don't think it's that a widely played game, in my opinion. Like when I talk to people about it, they've not played it. But yeah. I mean, it's a great story. I mean, if it can, if people watch a couple of episodes and they enjoy it and it gets them into the game, then f- fantastic. Okay. But it's not, it's not that long either. It's only probably ten to twelve hours, but it does have a really good story, interesting time period. So if it's gonna have a sequel, it must have done well. But yeah, I can understand it's it's it is a bit of a niche, isn't it? I, I don't think I have really many people talking about it. Mm-hmm. And I, I do want to play actually because you've talked it up so much yeah when you get time to do it I think you'll really enjoy it and you as well Matt just the puzzle elements and the combat mm. yeah give it a shot you're right Mark that's cheered me up feeling good now well to bring the uh, mood down just a little bit <laughs> uh... <laughs> don't do it Matt of uh, so it got rumoured, um, but it's been made sort of official uh, that Rocksteady's Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, has now been delayed to spring 2023. Very long wait. It is, but let's put it... I don't care. You don't care? I don't mind. <laughs> well, no, I don't care. I just, I just don't mind. No, no, I, I, don't, I don't mind too much when games get delayed, because... Uh, there's always more work to be done on them to get polished and not come out in a buggy mess. Yeah. You're right. So, um, interesting that it is a while that like, it's like, it's what? I can't remember, was it touted for, was it like October? I think so. Because um, I think it was, it was going to be around the same time as um, Gotham Knights, I think. 
I always thought it would be strange to release them quite near each other then. Yeah, you would be taking attention attention from one of, well, from both of them, really. Um, and I think Suicide Squad would wipe the floor with Gotham Knights if they moved them near each other. Mm, no, for certain. I mean, it's it's rock steady, so they've, they've still got a lot of you know, good faith from the Batman games that they've made, so we'll see. When is, see how this goes. So when is Gotham Knights scheduled to release? Announcement? No, I can't remember. Uh, Gotham Knights. I think that was going to come out around. Here we go, 25th of October. So pretty close to Halloween, which yeah. is very, you know, on brand for Batman. Yeah. That's not the only delay. Not 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 an exciting one, but EA Sports PGA Tour also got delayed to spring this year as well. For those who like a bit of swinging their clubs. You, oh, I wouldn't mind to see what this um, new PGA would have been like. So I, I do like every now and then having, having a game of the golfs, the swinging. So I, I, I've I've got some good times playing the Tiger Woods games with my dad. So hmm. they're, they're always fun every now and then. It's a like golf games, but they take, just they take too long. <laughs> That's my problem. There is, if you go for all 18 holes, it's like it's a good like almost half an hour. <laughs> just yeah. going through. So it's almost like you might as well just go through and play the holes in real life. And... Well, probably you've not got, got the £2,000 club fees. Well, neither do I have like a 200 yards wing power, probably like 50 yards. If you're lucky. <laughs> well, that's if I even hit the ball. Um, Right, shall we end on a bit of a bit of a weird news um, of a 3DS game costing sixteen hundred dollars. Okay, just going over the article. So there's one avid Nintendo fan has finally completed their North American 3DS collection, um, and that's a lot of games right there. Thanks to their acquisition that didn't come cheap, which, you know, we know there is 1600000 That was not right. $1,600. There we go. <laughs> well, I said there was way too much. I <laughs> uh, also realised. Yeah, that's one. Um, any guesses on what this game game was? If you can take a guess. I know what this game was, so I'll let Mark have a shot. Oh, look at this. Is it something popular? Is it going to be something really obscure that I'll never get? Uh, you could say it's popular. The, the, the franchise is popular, should we say. A Pokemon game? No. Don't think something that's not technically video game related. Not something right, think, not... think of a think, think of a toy franchise. Toy franchise? Yeah. Hot Wheels? No. I like the thinking. I'll never get it. Yeah, go on. Put my misery in heaven. Well... I used to play with this particular toy in year four with my girlfriends. Um, so it's part of the Barbie franchise. Mm. And it was Barbie, Groom and Glam, Pups was the game. Yep. The last game for this collector to finish their North American collection of 3DS games. Oh. Cost $1,600. <laughs> Oh, also plus shipping. 
The one thing that surprised me the most is that it was a Brazilian gamer that put this together. Yeah. It's quite odd. But he has, like, he's, he's got it there. Like, there's a screenshot. He has every single North American f- released 3DS game. It's quite a collection. There, there is a lot. Yeah, I can see some sneaky Saturn games behind that picture as well. But yeah, it's what a feat. Yeah, it's interesting. But what next? I wonder if he feels empty inside now he spent the $1,600 on that Barbie game. There's no other games for him to collect for that system now. Oh, it'll have to, it'll have to like move on to like Vita or something. Yeah. $1,600. For... for a game that's probably crap. But it's for the collection. It's, it's for the cause. Right, it's award season again. Oh, feels like, it feels like it constantly is. Uh, but it's coming up to the, the, the BAFTA Game Awards, to the British Academy Game Awards. Uh, and they take place on Thursday, the 7th of April. And as usual, we've made our predictions. Mm. Just see how much we fail yet again. Um, so, yeah, we'll go through our, our choices here. On the following pod, following the ceremony, we will see who is the victor. So the first one is animation. Mm. So what we got? The nominees are Call of Duty Vanguard, It Takes Two, Keen of Bridge of Spirits, Life is Strange Through Colors, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet Clank Rift Apart. I've gone with Ratchet Clank Rift Apart. I can't remember what I went on this. Uh, I need to bring it up. You went with Ratchet Clank Rift Apart. I, for <laughs> I thought you'd broken them for a minute, Matt. Like, yep, and you? A few? <laughs> I went for Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Artistic achievements. So we got the Artful Escape, It Takes Two, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Resident Evil Village, and Returnal. I once again have gone for Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. I went for Psychonauts 2. And I went for It Takes Two. Audio achievements. Got the Artful Escape, Call of Duty Vanguard, Deathloop, Halo Infinite, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Returnal. I've gone for Guardians of the Galaxy. I went for Call of Duty, Vanguard. And to be different, for some reason, I went for Halo Infinite. <laughs> uh, best game. Oh, we're getting into that early, are we? Okay, best game. So we've got Deathloop, Forza Horizon 5, Inscription, It Takes Two, Ratchet Clank, Rift Apart, and Returnal. It Takes Two. It Takes Two. Full House, It Takes Two. Well, It Takes Three, clearly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> British game. Albert, a wildlife adventure, uh, Death's Door, Fights in Tight Spaces, Forza Horizon 5, Overboard, and Sable. Uh, Forza. 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 There we go, full house again. Uh, debut game, The Artful Escape, Eastwood, The Forgotten City, Genesis, Noir, Maquette, and Toem? 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 I've gone for The Forgotten City. Uh, with the Artful Escape. And I've got the Toem. Evolving game. Among Us, Animal Crossing, uh, Animal Crossing, New Horizons, Apex Legends, Disco Elysium, The Final Cut, Fortnite, and No Man's Sky. Uh, I've got for No Man's Sky. Because for some reason, it always seems to <laughs> win these sorts of things, so it's always there. Uh, <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's still evolving, still doing well. So uh, I went for the same, going for No Man's Sky. And I went for Fortnite because they took the building away. So it's evolving. <laughs> <Yeah. 
yeah. They're finally evolving. There we go. Uh, family game. Albert, A Wildlife Adventure. Chicory, A Colorful Tale. Forza Horizon 5, Mario's Party Superstars. Uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. And Unpacking. I've gone with Ratchet and Clank. I went for Chicory. And I went for Mario Party Superstars. Just on this one, I don't understand how they can have Forza Horizon 5 as a family game. Just seems really strange to me. Yeah. Because it's one player. Everyone takes it in turns. Mm. Maybe you've got a point. Is it Ratchet and Clank a one player? Ooh. (laughs) I'll check. I think Unpacking is a one player. Could be. Anyway. But it's family game, not multiplayer game. Different, aren't they? But when I think of family, I think of bringing the family together to game. But anyway. I don't know, pass and play. I don't know. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> game Beyond Entertainment. Albert, A Wildlife Adventure. Before Your Eyes, Chicory, A Colorful Tale. Game Builder Garage. It Takes Two. And Psychonauts 2. It Takes Two. It Takes Two. I'm in for It Takes Two because it nearly caused me and my wife to divorce. Uh, game design. Deathloop, Forza Horizon 5, Inscription, It Takes Two, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and Returnal. Deathloop. Yep, Deathloop. Ratchet and Clank. Multiplayer. Back for Blood, Call of Duty Vanguard, Forza Horizon 5, Halo Infinite, Hell Let Loose, and It Takes Two. I've gone for It Takes Two. I went for Halo Infinite. Now I've gone for Call of Duty Vanguard. Uh, music. Deathloop, Far Cry 6, Halo Infinite, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and Returnal. I've got the Deathloop. I went for Psychonauts 2, although I'm surprised that Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy is not on this list. Mm. Because certainly, I think he won it in the Game Awards earlier yeah. this year. So. Probably a bit of an omission there. Mm. And I went for Ratchet and Clank again. Uh, narrative. It takes two, Life is Strange True Colors. Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Psychonauts 2, Returnal, and Unpacking. Uh, go for Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, I also went for Guardians of the Galaxy. And I went for It Takes Two. Uh, original property. Uh, Death Loop, Death Store, Inscription, It Takes Two, Returnal, and Unpacking. It Takes Two. It Takes Two. It Takes Three. Yeah. Uh, performer in a leading role. Oziomi Akagi, I'm going to butcher half of these names, uh, Deathloop, Jason Kelly Deathloop, Jennifer Hale, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, John McLaren, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Erika Mori, Life is Strange, True Colors, and Jane Perry, Returnal. Uh, Erika Mori, Life is Strange. Yeah, I went for Erika Mori as well. It takes three, I went for Erika Mori. <laughs> uh, performer in a sporting role, Laura Bailey, Call of Duty Vanguard, uh, Kimberly Brooks, Psychonauts 2, Jason Cavalier, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Maggie Robertson, Resident Evil Village, Han Soto, so close to saying Han Solo there, uh, Life is Strange True Colors, <laughs> Alex Weiner, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, it's got to be Maggie Robertson, hasn't it? Resident Evil. Of course, it's got to be Maggie. Yep, I've also gone for Maggie. One thing, though, I looked into Laura Bailey and I didn't realise how much stuff she'd been in. Because oh, yeah. obviously she oh, would yeah. have it, she, but like, she so like... many other things. She's like the female Troy Baker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just in everything. Um, technical achievement. So we've got Forza Horizon 5, Hitman 3, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet Clap, Rift Apart, Resident Evil Village, and Returnal. I'm giving some love to Hitman 3. I don't think it'll win, to be honest, but I'm going. 
Fair enough. Uh, I went with Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart. I went for Forza Horizon 5 for one very good reason. Just all the 16K video they took to try and render into the game, just from that side of it alone, it for me, I thought, right, technically that's probably the most impressive thing that I've seen. Yeah. So That was originally what I was going to go for, but I'm, I'm sure it hit me some love. Yeah. Uh, and finally, we got EA. I keep wanting to see EA. It's not <laughs> EA Game of the Year. It's in the game. Yeah. Uh, Chicory, a colorful tale. Death Loop. The Forgotten City. It takes two. Metroid Dread. Unpacking. Interesting. Is that the only Metroid Dread nomination? Yep. So I think it is. Metroid yeah. Dread appears. Interesting. For the fan uh, voted one. Hmm. Uh, it takes two. Yeah, it takes two. It takes two. I wanted to go with Metroid Dread. I wanted to go with Metroid Dread and I've actually personally voted for it but knowing how all the other awards have gone it's like I think it takes two is probably going to walk away with quite a lot I'm (laughs) I'm really surprised it's not appeared in other nominations I would have thought maybe sort of the like animation and and maybe graphic one I, I would have thought or artistic achievement I would have thought I'd seen it but yeah, I'm surprised. Um, surprised just nowhere, especially like even um, even like Resident Evil Village. It's only what yeah, just artistic achievement and I the guess. supporting role, which I can't see anyone else taking. But, <laughs> but we'll see. We'll find out on the next pod. Yes, as we say, Thursday, seventh of April is when the ceremony will take place, and then we'll see who is the victor afterwards right should we move on to what we're currently playing yeah matthew do you want to start us off sure i start us off yeah. okay okay so uh not a whole lot but i've been continuing playing star wars jedi fallen order mm. uh and i have completed it hey so you know gone gone through for for all the horrible nasties and kashyyyk <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and some some couple on Dofamir. Um, not as bad, but no, really surprisingly enjoyed this more than I thought I was going to. Um, I think once I will admit, I think I, I did get to a bit. There's a boss that I got to that essentially made me admit that maybe the difficulty was a tad too high. <laughs> so I did I turned down just a touch because I think I don't like. I suppose they're like normal mode. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to remember. It might have actually. It might not even been a boss. I think it was just a section that got ridiculously difficult, basically. But uh, got through the game. Really enjoyed the story. I, I like where it takes you. How kind of personal it was. Really liked the character of Cal, Castus. Um, so sort of the journey that he goes through, of essentially kind of refining himself and sort of becoming the the Jedi that his masters kind of always saw him to be. Um, and also, like, the personal journeys of Sarah. Yeah. That's her name. Siri, sorry. So the former Jedi who is trying to sort of keep herself away from dark thoughts, shall we say. I think I, I even enjoyed the, sort of the, the, late, the late kind of character that joins you as well, the Night Sister. That was a pretty cool idea of what to do with her character and sort of the, the history behind Dothamir and all that kind of stuff. Was part of the sort of the ending, but it, it was pretty cool. Really liked it. And 
I'm interested to see so sort of where where the story will go because I mean there's confirmed that they will make the sequel. Yeah. So I'm kind of trying to think kind of where where they could take it and how it fit into the whole law thing of obviously Disney's Star Wars. <laughs> well, it'd be interesting to see where it goes. Now I know I did sort of kind of at some point sort of off camera, shall we say admit to Mark that I don't think I'll plan on this because it's just there is there is a bit too much to it. Um and then I checked kind of where my process my progress where was when I when I finished it and I think it was like fifty percent trophy wise. Yeah. So I thought I really like this game a lot. I think it deserves to be platinumed. <laughs> Which I have done. Hey. So it's my first I don't know how you did but... of twenty twenty two. Uh, it, it took a couple of walkthroughs, I won't lie, <laughs> and a bug in the game where it said I didn't have a chest even though I'd opened it. Mm. And it's, it's a bit weird. It's, it's been reported online that um, so in Dofamir there's the there's a bit of the swamps where there's like three chests you can get. And if you play New Game Plus, if you've already got the chests that are already open, you just got to make sure you kind of still go in, in that area where it is. Because um, there's also an achievement of like 100% exploring everywhere, and there were certain parts in the game where I began like 98% somewhere, and I'd be like, "Why is it 98%? Like, what what have I done? Though? Where have I not gone? That I, that I don't remember." And um, uh, there's one bit in Kashyyyk in the, the the great tree that you're in, so the, the fire that you have the ninth sister. Uh, there's a chest on there that that you can get that I'd already got in my first game. But in this like walk in this like next game that I'd gone through, I completely forgot about and that was like basically like the last area that I'd not explored. Mm-hmm. I was like trying to work it out for ages like what have I not what have I not done? What have I not done? And then I like found it and I was like, oh it's this place. But no, done everything and just really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed the game. Um and lo- probably look forward to the sequel whenever that is so Obviously, I think as we spoke about earlier, I've kind of come back to Fortnite. I uh, wanted to see what the whole you know, building aspect was of it. I think I, can, I don't think there's too much to say other than so the, the my last win that I got this morning was like terrifying because like the guy was in a tank, <laughs> so I had to like fight him and the tank. And I don't know how I like somehow managed to survive. Like he was not that great of a shot, although he was taking my health down every now and then. And I just ended up with me and him just like taking pot shots at each other from like I was on bottom of a hill, he was at the top of it, and I'm like trying to peek up and taking shots in. Did he get out of the tank? Yeah, I eventually destroyed it. Ah, right. You can destroy them. It just takes a lot of bullets. But no, I enjoying it. Enjoying the new season. Work more up to getting to doing the battle pass, which at the end of it is Doctor Strange. So he's in it now. I did see in the opening video package for it that at some point Iron Man came through as well. So I don't know where he'll appear. Because I know he was in he was in the game previously in like the Marvel season that they did, where it was very Marvel-centric, obviously. He had a lot of the X-Men that I missed out on and some of the Avengers. But we'll wait to see where he pops up. And Prowler. Prowler's in it as well. So too many, too many characters to collect. <laughs> or potentially buy so that's that yeah. so that's Fortnite or maybe not so 
the only other new game that I've played, or the only other game, and it being new that I've played this week, um, has been WWE 2K22. So I thought I'd dip into it because, you know, I've been sort of following it because I'm a big wrestling fan. We all know how 2K20 went. <laughs> yeah. So it's, Le- this has received favourable reviews. From what um, It's received a lot more positively than 2K20 did. Should we say? Not hard to do, mind. Not hard to do. <laughs> but, yeah. but no, a lot of things seem quite positive about it. Um, the control scheme has been revamped, so now you've kind of got. It feels a little bit almost kind of like a fighting game now, and that you kind of got you've got one bone set for light attacks, you've got one for heavy attacks, one for grappling, and then you've got a specific kind of dodge button that you can use, which is also used for countering as well. They've got rid of the limit on Karen now. So you've not got like... So I think from 2K19 that was introduced, you had like free... Get out of jail, free cards. For free, stuff. yeah. yeah. Uh, and like once you use them up, then it's kind of way for them to build back up. So I think I think kind of in, in 2K19, a lot, a lot of the wrestling was very... Wait and see on like who would use their countering up the most so like whoever used obviously used them ran them out obviously the other guy then has an advantage if he starts getting on a roll just kind of kicking yeah. your butt and doing all sorts of moves and whatnot whereas this is now it's just basically counter whenever you want so it's, it's a little bit more arcade in that kind of style i think for the most part i do actually like the control system it, it did take me a little while to get used to because it's kind of now you've got kind of combos where you can you can sort of spam the lie attack and go into a combo and then you kind of do a move at the end. Or you could do, say, like, you could do a mixture of light and heavy or then, and then you can incorporate grapples into it as well. Whereas, like, say you did, like, two lie attacks, a heavy attack and then a grapple. Then you do, like, a, a like a grappling move at the end. Whereas, like, say you use grapple initially, you will just, then you'll just go into a grapple and then yeah. you can sort of go from there whether you want to use a light attack into it or you move into a heavy to do say like a drop kick or something but i do yeah i do like it it, it takes a bit used to but i think uh, i like them all it's kind of bringing them on to kind of an arcade style of wrestling because yeah, they've sort of is, is it right that they've got rid of the like the pin mini game you know where you had that circle thing we have to press x which yeah, basically. Yeah, I so it. It, it, it used to be where if you go into a pin, it would do like a move like a bar and you had to get in, yeah, inside the, the yeah. green thing, basically. Whereas that. now it's, it's back to kind of bone lashing. So, yeah. like, and it also depends on your health as well. So, if you've got full health, yeah. so on pins, your bone lash is pretty easy to get out of. If you're pretty much running on low, someone hits finish, you go and you get stunned and you go into a pin, then you could maybe kick out, but you'll be like destroying your thumb by the end of it. So I like that it's kind of gone back to that kind of style. Same for the submissions as well. You get potent submission. Then it's whoever's kind of bar goes to the opposite end. Yeah. And then you either get out of it or you submit. I have read one thing that the roster seems a bit out of date. It's it's very out of date. It's very out of date. Maybe for its benefit, though, because then you've also got a lot of wrestlers to use. So you've got, so you've got people like... Kyle O'Reilly's still in it. Suspiciously, Adam Cole and Bobby Fish aren't, even though Adam Cole's Baby. entrance is still in, funnily enough. Right, okay. You know, so, you know, you can, like, you can create a wrestler and you can create an entrance and you, you yeah, pick yeah. animations yeah. of yeah. usually either existing wrestlers or some 
basic ones that they put in. Um, Adam Coles is still in it. I think it's called like Boom Baby or something like that. Makes sense. They, you know, <laughs> they, they always they still tie to the rest of the but it's yeah, not yeah. quite. And there's still a lot of people. Um, I think Braun Strowman's in it. There, there's a lot. Of Tony Storm. And the, the, yeah, the, there's there's quite a few that have left that are still in it. I kind of hope they still get the royalties. Keith Lee, Keith Lee's in it. Mia Yim, both versions of her because she was Basket reckoning school. in retribution, <laughs> which less talked I mean, about, that's I, about. I mean, the good thing about these get, I mean, imagine this one's the same thing, but they've got the um the character creator thing where you can download other creations, can't you? So imagine yes, you can put a lot of people yeah. who's not in it. Because well, some that's people it. do you know, make you, some great ones. Do... Oh, well, that's it. There's, there's some brilliant ones in the moment. Like There's there's one of uh, Chris Jericho, mm. which looks really good. But I don't, I didn't realise, he, he's in a gap, how can I say, attire, as you call it, yeah. that I didn't recognise he was, he was never in. But he's basically cosplaying Koro Majima from right. Yakuza. <laughs> Because someone, someone put it on Twitter of like, oh, this this Chris Jericho is pretty good. And I noticed like, oh, he looks a bit like Kuro Majima. Like when when was he dressed like that? And I was like, I don't remember him ever dressed like that. But fair play. Um, the good thing about the um, community creations as well is that they finally made it crossplay. So it's not that. it's not like oh I've made this I've made Chris Jericho but he's just tied to PlayStation people. Now everyone gets access to him, which is what I've wanted for years since they've ever made it. Because it's always tied to platforms. Is there a limit? Do you know? How many um, you so you, there, there's a limit, yeah. So they've made limits on certain things they can download. So there's like, there's 100 wrestlers they can download. That's, That's fine. I can deal with 100 wrestlers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's like 100 of them. There's, there's so, and I think everything else is about 40. So you can do like arenas. Titles, yeah. Um, time trons, that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so uh, really enjoying it. Really liked it. They've got the showcase this year again, which is based on um, Rey Mysterio's career. I've gone through all that. Really enjoyed it. I think there's there's some there's some matches that I would, I would have probably had all over. There's like so like the first one you do is him against Eddie Guerrero in WCW. The cruiserweight match that they had which was really good the, the good thing they're doing in here as well actually in the showcase is where they'll have so a lot of the showcase matches is literally just kind of do the objective it's less about winning the match and more about hitting certain moments that happened in the match yeah so it'd be like um do a light combo on eddie guerrero uh, and then maybe someone's like do so much damage or like Irish whip him to the corner and then grapple him and then they'll do like a cutscene bit where they they do a bit of the the match in cutscene but then they'll like they'll phase it into the real match that happened as well which is quite right. I do like they've done that so and then I've tried a bit of the my GM mode as well so they they brought the general manager mode back from the old SmackDown vs Raw games pretty much. The, the same from the old games really you know you've you've got a budget of about three million you get your roster together you can there's by default you gotta have eight wrestlers that each cost a certain amount and then you can get more if you want if your budget allows it and, and whatnot and then you go into like your first and then you, you can pick 
what general manager you want. So there's a set number. So there's like Adam Pearce, Sonny Deville, both McMahon children, William Regal, who again, obviously, I don't know, he shouldn't be in the game. I, I, remember, I, remember, uh, I remember this actually from where one of last uh, trailers they released where Stephanie McMahon was saying, oh, you can choose uh, me, uh, Sonia Deville and others because <laughs> they didn't want to mention the other people who had left. Yeah, it's like, let's, let's not mention those people. Yeah. <laughs> so you can pick those. Or you can also pick like a custom wrestler as well. He'll have his own. They've all got their own like little traits and whatnot that boost certain things. Um, and they can also pick which show you want to run. So you can do like SmackDown, Raw, NXT, or NXT UK, um, which I I'd go for because of course, of course, you know the best brand. Um, and then you know pick some wrestlers, and then and then you basically start your week. So you've got certain objectives. And the only unfortunate thing, I think, when it when it first came out before a patch came in. Originally, I think you can only do normal matches or table matches, which was a bit weird. Oh, okay. Um, I think a patch has come in that's like fixed that because when I started, this was after the patch, so I, I had stuff like ta- uh, tables, Hell in a Cell, Steel, but they didn't they didn't have multi-man matches randomly. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I don't know if that's something you unlock as you go through the weeks because right. you can unlock stuff like you can unlock like extra ring crew, which adds bonuses to you to your show that you unlock as you kind of go through the weeks as well and like the objective is to you you can play against another real player or computer they make their brands their roster and you're essentially competing to like which shows the best you can do it over a certain week amount as well so you could do it say for like 15 weeks 30 weeks or the full 52 weeks which is a bit disappointing because i'd love to have gone past over a year you know just keep yeah, yeah. building it and stuff by the moment, I've, I'm enjoying it. It's, it's pretty good. Um, I think I've I've done a couple of weeks just to kind of see how it how it is. But no, it's it's pretty cool. I, I quite like it. I'm, I'm enjoying it. So. Mm. Yeah, would would definitely recommend if you're uh, if if you disenfranchised by previous two games. <laughs> Liking it. So, uh, what about you, Mark? Who are we? Me. Okay. Uh, well, I've actually not written this down, but it's just something I thought of. So Friday, well, you know, me and my brother have been playing through Far Cry 6. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, they recently introduced a tie-in to Stranger Things. So okay. they've added a, yeah, they've added a mission to Stranger Things. So in this mission, so basically you, you go into a bunker and you find out that Teresa, the disabled puppy, has disappeared. <gasps> no! Mm. People people in the book have got attacked by a thing if you watch stranger things you'd probably guess what it might be and then basically you've got to head in, inside the upside down which is uh terrifying and basically you've got to just try and rescue teresa basically and then you get chased by the demigorgon so yeah that's pleasant but yeah oh. it was it was quite a substantial little mission it's lasted about 45 minutes maybe with the play through it was quite enjoyable it's not a massive thing, but it was a nice little tie. I mean, I don't know when the new season is supposed to actually start. I think it's supposed to later this year, isn't it? Yeah. I thought it might have come out like around the time when it comes out, but they released you it. You think already. so, wouldn't you? It's tying a little bit better. Yeah, because they did do a tie-in with uh, Rambo a few months ago, but this was that was like a very short thing, and I was expecting it to be on the same level as that. But this was actually quite substantial because the Rambo thing was basically get an explosive, so get a bow and arrow which has got explosive 
arrows on it. And just murder a load of people in a fortress. And that's it. That's all that mission was. Just kill oh, cool. like a hundred people. Or something. Just kill people. <laughs> yeah. That's that's all that was. But yeah, that was that was a nice little thing. But uh, yeah, so yeah, if you've got Far Cry six, I'd encourage you to come play that. If you're not. Moving on to something else I played. Now, you remember a few weeks ago but this is in relation to something I I, I watched a few years, uh, a few weeks ago. And I mentioned it on the pod that I watched the Cuphead show. Mm. And that made me go and buy Cuphead. <laughs> as soon as I pressed that, <laughs> as soon as I put that purchase, as soon as I pressed that button to buy it, I thought, oh, this is a bad idea, isn't it? Yeah, so plot in Cuphead is that Cuphead and Mugman visit a casino owned by the devil, where Cuphead has incredible luck on the craps table, uh, and he's not losing at all. Then the devil comes along and says, how about you put something on the line, and if you lose the next roll, I get to have your souls. So Cuphead, being the eager type, quickly takes him up on the offer. And what do you know? He loses. So Cuphead and Mugman end up pleading with the devil uh, for an alternative solution. Uh, the devil says, OK, how about you go and collect the soul debts of all the people who owe me, and maybe I'll let you off. Uh, so that's what they did. They, they set off to collect these debts, and that's the game. Firstly, the game looks gorgeous, but we all, we, we do that anyway, didn't we? I mean, that yeah. hand-drawn animation style. It's got that flickering, like film grain aesthetic. Mm. You're giving it like like 1930s era. It's just mwah, chef's kiss. It looks bloody amazing. It's a gorgeous looking game. Um, so in terms of gameplay, it's it's a run and gun shooter where basically you leg it and firing some sort of energy from your finger. I don't exactly know what that is, but the elder kettle grants that upon you. Now I knew the game would be difficult. I just didn't know how difficult. Boy. Is it difficult? Um, <laughs> so there's actually different types of levels. So you've got the run and gun bits, where basically you are running through a level and you've got like little enemies coming at you and that kind of thing. Mm. So that's the first thing I did, one of them. And I couldn't beat it. I couldn't beat the, the, the first level. I got like three quarters of the way through it. And I was having really trouble with this. So I made about six attempts. And... I thought, I admire this, but I'm not going to make myself angry. So I quietly exited the game and turned my PS5 off. <laughs> but then, last night, I I went on, back on it to try again. And I realised there was actually, I could just jump into some of the boss battles. There's actually There was actually two things that I could, basically it has like an overworld, and you walk around it, and that's where you pick you where you yeah. go. No, I thought it was just this run and gun thing. I thought I had to complete that first before I could move on to anything else. But it turns out I could actually jump into another boss battle that okay. existed. And I found out that there's a simple mode. Me, being a simple person, decided to go for a simple mode. And I managed okay. to beat this boss. So this was the, what they call, the root pack. So basically these are like the vegetables. Oh, like okay. yeah. Big potato, big carrot. And then I went on and beat another three bosses. So I was quite proud. All on simple mode. But I did read afterwards, though, that apparently the simple mode, it removes stages from the fights. Oh, OK, yeah. yeah. Mm. I, normally there's like there's a couple of different stages to, to boss fights. And I did I, I did sort of... It, it does have different stages, but I think it, it just cuts them out. Because I did realise that the, that root pack one that I just mentioned, I know it's supposed to have potato, carrot, then an onion. I never fought the onion. Okay. It took the onion out. But 
I managed to complete some things on it, so I'm, I'm, I'm pleased I managed to get somewhere. Uh, but there is one one that I can't do. That's a, there's a few levels where you fly, so you're like in a plane. Yeah. I can't do that for the life of me. Even on simple mode, it's I just don't get it. I, I just can't simple. do it. But you have to complete all these boss battles before it allow you to move on, because it, it takes place on the Inkwell Isles. And to move on to the next aisle, you've got to complete all the boss battles on the aisle. And that's the only one I can't do. So King Dice won't let me past his, uh, his bridge onto the next aisle. Oh, no. so, so I don't know. That's, that might be where my game ends for Cuphead. But who knows? Maybe one day I shall be amazing and complete it. But anyway. And I played one other final game. Now, this is a game that you've spoken about, Matt, that you've played. Mm-hmm. And we've spoken about, actually, we've spoken about this game quite a lot on this pod. Not necessarily for great reasons. But I've played Marvel's Avengers. Actually bought it. Wow. Mm. It shocked me. So, I did get it on the cheap. <laughs> I didn't buy it full price, anything like that. Now, of course, I focused entirely on campaign. Uh, mm-hmm. Which I know is pretty decent, and you've advocated it before, Matt. Saying that yeah. the campaign you've quite liked. So, the game begins at an Avengers celebration event in San Francisco, where you're playing as Kamala Khan, a young girl who has entered a writing competition. Event. During the event, disaster strikes on the nearby Golden Gate Bridge, and the Avengers attempt to save the day. It doesn't go to plan. It ends up being a massive energy explosion that kills lots of people and causes people to, to acquire superpowers, including Kamala. Uh, they become known as Inhumans. Uh, bad people want these Inhumans for nefarious means, and the Avengers get blamed for this, and it goes down its history as a day. But you've got to talk about the voice cast in this. They've gone all out with it, haven't they? <laughs> Yeah, they, they spent quite quite pretty so, penny on it. Yeah, so you've got Troy Baker as Bruce Banner, you've got Nolan North as Tony Stark, and you've got Laura Bailey as Black Widow. Mm. Uh, I mean, all I mean, an all-star cast right there. Well, but they're actually three, really. <laughs> yeah, but they're all really good, and actually the rest of the cast are pretty good as well. I like them as well. Uh, Sandra Sard as Kamala is excellent as well. Mm. It focuses mainly on Kamala. I think that's the that's the central characters yeah. in it. Yeah. But you do get to play as the various Avengers along the way. And they're all pretty cool to play as, I have to say. They all feel pretty unique to play as. Yeah. Uh, I mean, smashing things up as Hulk is always pleasurable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know what? I'm actually in agreement. The campaign is actually pretty fun. Yeah. I like the characters. There's some good dialogue written in there, I think. I'm kind of glad I waited on this and didn't play it around the time where like these characters were still in the MCU films. I think I might have been like, that's not Tony Stark. Where's Robert Downey Jr.? Bring me Chris Hemsworth. You know, things like that. It's just... And where's the da, 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 da music? You know, that's, that's what you like. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but no, I enjoyed the campaign. And... But with that in mind, uh, the other things in the game are a bit of a mess. It has to be, it has to be said. The looting system. I just find it mind boggling. Every time I looked at the menus, I I didn't know what was going on exactly. Mm. Um, so it's like you need this, this, and that to fabricate this, so that you can use to build this, to then make this for your character. Yeah, what the fudge is all that? It was it was a lot more simple, and if you got it unlocked. <laughs> yeah, 
wasn't and then, like that. And then it kept coming up with this, like, mentioning this faction nonsense. So it says here, faction assignments are tasks that earn faction experience. Earning enough faction experience can increase faction rank, which grants rewards and unlocks access to higher tier gear at faction vendors. I mean, reading that paragraph alone hurts my head. It's <laughs> like a faction drinking game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then there's the complexities of upgrading your character itself. So oh. you pick up random stuff from chess, don't you? Yeah. And the game will say like, oh, you've got better gear in your possession. But it just feels a bit arbitrary. It's, it just tells you some random number that apparently is supposed to be better than what you currently have on. So you go into the menu and then you just you press the button to put your better gear on, don't you? Yeah. I didn't know what he was doing. There's just no <laughs> indication. It's just... It's yeah, yeah. I think. Okay, but then we get to the creme de the creme and we get to the marketplace. Ooh. So so you boot up the game and it says, visit our marketplace where you can claim your free marketplace item. Clearly just a way to get you into the marketplace. Yeah. <laughs> and they're ho- yeah, and they're hoping you'll stick around to then buy something. But I had a look around it uh, just, for in, just for curiosity. No intention of ever buying anything because I'm not about that life. The things on offer and the costs are quite laughable. <laughs> to be honest. Uh, I took some screenshots here of what you could get. So you could get an epic takedown for 600 credits, a legendary emote for 500 credits. Actually, you could get outfits for 1,400 credits as well, like, you know, from uh, Endgame, Age of Ultron, yeah. Far From Home, there's like yeah. the film costumes. So I thought, all right, I've completed the game. Surely I've earned some credits to, you know, get something. You know, I've, 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 I've completed the game. You know, I've, I've earned the right, surely. No, I have zero credits, nothing. <laughs> The game gives you <laughs> nothing, not a sausage. I mean, seriously. And then I look at the costs for these credits, yeah. the actual prices on them. So, imagine that a legendary emote is 500 credits, right? So, a 500 credit heroic starter pack is 399. So, you can pay four quid for an emote. Okay. And then you've got the rivalry incredible pack, incredible pack. Uh, that's seven ninety nine. Two thousand credits is for sixteen pound. Uh, three thousand credits, twenty five quid. Five thousand credits for forty quid, and ten thousand credits for eighty quid. Bargain. Yeah. Give me a couple of outfits for that. <laughs> yeah, you get about six outfits for that's ten thousand. It seems pretty much in line with if that... Fortnite prices. Fortnite seems a little bit more generous than Avengers. I mean, absolute joke. You know, Square Enix, too bad. I mean, I couldn't believe that I hadn't earned any credits. That blew my mind when I looked at that. I thought, oh, I should be able to, like, get one outfit or something. Surely. Give me something. But no, 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 no. Big fat zero. But anyway, in conclusion, I'll have to say, if you can pick pick this game up on the cheap, the campaign is a fun little romp. Yeah. Just ignore all the other crap. How long's the campaign portion? Mm, 12, 12 to fifteen hours, I'd say. That's not yeah. too bad then. Just okay. like the average, like average um, campaign length. Yeah, I and thought it's, you were going to say like two to three hours, but yeah, it's a decent length. No, that. no, it's definitely not. It's definitely yeah, it's, it's, that. Yeah, it's, it's a good length to it. It's 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 actually pretty full. Yeah, but but it's just all the other things. It's just just stop it. <laughs> Just stop. Have, have you used any of the characters outside of the story? 
Uh, no. I've claimed Spider-Man, but I've mm. not done anything with him. I've just had him running around the helicopter. <laughs> <That's> oh. <laughs> <laughs> not done anything with him. Yeah, no. Because I've not done any of the um, expansions either. So I've not done Hawkeye or Black Panther or what like that. Yeah. I do like at the beginning of the game, it does uh, it gives you like a spider warning. It's like it says in the war for Wakanda there is robotic spiders, so if you suffer from arachnophobia, beware. Don't know if you noticed that, but I, I did that's, that's see it say that. Yeah. That's pretty funny. But yeah, yeah, campaign good, rest bad. Yeah, and that's know, why if Nathan does get it, we can we can do some some more play on it, maybe. <laughs> well, who knows? But that's what I've been playing. Go on, Nathan. Yeah, funnily enough, just on the Marvel Avengers thing, I have been pretty tempted because I've seen it for around 10 to 12 pounds. And I think, is that the right biting point for me to get in on it? But, for the campaign, I think you might be all right with that. Yeah, we'll see. If I, if I see it again, I might give it a go and then maybe it's something that we can all play together, which would be good. Yeah, right. Anyway, I'll start with a couple of things that I bought and then I'll get into what I've been playing. So... I had the old Nostalgia Itch, and I decided to buy the original Crash Bandicoot with the demo disc and everything, obviously. Then I decided to buy Crash Bandicoot 2. Then I decided to buy Crash Bandicoot 3, Warped. And then I decided to buy Crash Team Racing. I don't know what it was. I just felt like I had a really big Crash Bandicoot itch and I wanted all the original games in black label. So I was like, right, let's do this. So I scoured eBay for a good while and bought them all. So, yeah. In addition to that, I decided to treat my PS5 to an NVMe drive. So mm. that was fun. I nearly snapped the plate off of my PlayStation because I didn't know you had to pull it up and then like like slide it down. I must have missed that bit. And oh, you just I was, to pull it up. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, this is not <laughs> happening. just trying to snap it off. Yeah. Like, you must no, have really weak. You're going to hold this. <laughs> yeah, I watched the um, official PlayStation tutorial, and they were like, lay down flat with all the ports away from you, and then lift up both sides. But it never, I never thought it told me to slide anything. So I just lifting both ends up. I was like, how is this working? Anyway, eventually I was like, right, I watched another tutorial and it's like slide it. So managed to get the get it off. Just to I think as you've said before, Mark, it's just like literally take the screw out, make sure that doesn't fall into the console. There's also yeah, like a little, right next to it, yeah. Yeah. There's a little nut that you've got to take out as well because you can change depending on the size of your drive, there's a few different um size options and holes that you can screw your drive into. So just be aware of that. But it's really easy to slot it in, screw the screw in um, for placing the drive there and putting it into place, put your cover back on. And then when you first turn on your PS5, it scans the drive, tests how fast it is to make sure it's compatible. And then off you go. You can start moving games and things onto it. And then you can also use that as the primary drive for when you install new things to keep your main console data intact. Well, the first thing I did, I moved Horizon Forbidden West onto the drive. And for 100 gigabytes, it must have taken about 80 seconds. It was absolutely rapid. It was great. So, now if um, if you can find it at a cheap price, like I did, definitely buy one because 
come at me 100 gigabyte updates. I don't care anymore. You can do it. <laughs> so, yeah, that was good. So I'll get on to what I've been playing. So speaking of Horizon Forbidden West, completed that in the end. Really amazing story. Really enjoyed it. They've set it up for another game, which I'm going to be looking forward to, hopefully in the next five years on the PS6. But we'll see what happens there. I won't get too much into the story because I know that Matt's not played it yet. But there was one bit that I thought was an absolute game changer. And it's when you could eventually unlock to fly with the Sunwing. And that just opened up like travel just so much. It was just so much quicker getting to places. I didn't even want to fast travel because I just wanted to fly around with this big massive bird uh, robot and get to where I wanted to be. And it also makes getting onto those tall necks so much easier because you can just fly over the top of them, hover over, jump onto the tall neck, and you don't have to do anything like climb onto whoa, whoa, a rock. Whoa, 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 what? Oh, whoa, whoa, Did you not do the tall neck stuff? Don't yeah. You just waited. Of course I did. I've got what? time for that. No, you've got puzzles to do to do those tall necks. What puzzles? <laughs> oh. That's the that's one of the great things about this one. You know, like in the previous game, obviously it was just climb the tornado. Yeah. Because this, you've actually got a puzzle to, to complete. You know, I know. I, and you I just got, couldn't be asked. I got to a point where I was doing the puzzle. It was the one where I think it's that old radio tower. You've probably done it, Mark. And well, you've got to yeah, find this. You've got to find this power cell to power the tower to kind of move it into a position so you can jump onto the tall neck. Yeah, I tried that for a few minutes. It wasn't for me, so <laughs> I waited a few minutes. <laughs> I just thought that so, so yeah, I did that one a bit later. Oh, Who you're all good, you're all gonna hate me now. Um, I t- it took about t- twenty hours and fifty five minutes to me to complete, so I, I went through it fairly quickly, I'd say. But I, I really enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I had to actually watch the ending twice because I played it until about one o'clock in the morning at uh, one point last week. You're too blurry eyed. To <laughs> no, uh, Lisa <laughs> wanted to see the ending. So I had to go back to an older save so she could play it because originally she wanted us to play it together a bit like we did with the last of us part two. And I, I just didn't want to wait for her and a stupid <laughs> working hour. So we're like, I'm plowing through this. So yeah, she, we did the last mission t- together and she played it. And so I got to see it again, which was which was good because I did take a few things in that I missed the first time, which were nice. But yeah, fantastic game. Yeah, everyone with a PS5 should buy it and play it, and a PS4. Did you come across any bugs like I did? A few things, yeah. I, I think I sent you a video of that uh, person that I killed just spinning around <laughs> on. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. I think you sent me uh, one of yours as well, uh, Mark. That was funny. Yeah, the guy but, was just hopping on the spot. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. But yeah, a few, a few things like that. Um, a few graphical issues. I didn't come across the like the black flashing thing that you had. But yeah, yeah it, it was fine. Like nothing that would break the game for me. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was more the funny stuff like that. It's my main issue is getting your side quests. But I imagine you just ploughed up the story. So. I did a couple of side quests. I helped people as I came across them if I felt like it. So... Yeah, but yeah, that that was good. There were one more thing because you sent me a message um, about an Easter egg, mm. and so I decided after we'd played it to go and find that, and that was really good. I, I really enjoyed that. So, Arkans around a place, another PlayStation exclusive game, I'd say. Did you find the other ones? No. Oh, okay. 
I know what they are, though, because I looked them up afterwards. But then I felt to myself that I don't really need to go and find them now because I know what they are. But I didn't look at any spoilers <laughs> okay. when you told me about the original one because I wanted it to be like a pure experience. So. Okay. But yeah, anyway, finished that. Amazing. Can't wait for the next one. The next game I've been playing is Virtual Tennis 4 Ooh. on the PS Vita. So, yeah, I've really been getting into this. I, I, I'd really enjoyed the Virtual Tennis games, even from the first one that came out on the Dreamcast. Really enjoyed that. Really enjoyed the arcade version that um, I think we've played in uh, when we've gone to Bury, to the arcade place there. And this one's no different. Uh, first, when I got into the game, I started playing the arcade mode. And I thought, oh, I'm doing pretty well here. Until I got to a test match against Boris Becker. And he ended up absolutely kicking the crap out of me. I did try and beat him a couple more times, but I just could not touch him. So I'm like, right, that's it now. What I've got to do is go away, play the career, and get my characters level up. And then eventually I'm going to come back and show him who's boss. So I decided to make my own character because you can have like the standard characters. So you can be like Andy Murray, uh, Roger Federer, obviously. Novak Djokovic. Like, load Nadal of them. in there? Yeah, Nadal's in there. Yep. All the standard ones. And then you've got all the female athletes as well, like Sharapova and other ones there. But yeah, I decided to make my own character for the career. And I've, I think I've put together the most random attributes you can think of. So... My player is six foot ten. Yeah. He's got a massive blonde afro, a Hitler tash. He's got glasses that look like if you've seen Coronation Street, you'll know who Ken Barlow is. Big massive Ken Barlow glasses, clown shoes, and a big American hat on with a star on top of it. So that's what he's rocking right now. Is there any character where I thought Nathan would create this? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll send you a picture if I can of him, just so you can get the full experience. Um, Anyway, anyway, yeah. So the career mode—it's pretty fun. It's got a good, good mix of things. So as you're going through, you've got to play mini games in order to boost your level up. So that could be—you'll play a game of tennis with somebody, but you'll have to collect these coins along the way to get to a certain like point level, and then you'll clear that stage, and then that'll move you up in like points rankings uh, you've also got to so the career is like a board game style so you get different cards that let you move certain places and then as you fall onto a particular section it'll kind of unlock either a mini game for you to play it'll be kind of a fan interaction to push your followers up because there's obviously there's a social media aspect to it as well there's games you can play so you can play like training matches against your tennis partner you can play doubles matches you can play matches in fancy dress which is fun because once you've played the match in fancy dress you can unlock certain clothing so that's how i got my clown shoes because i played a fancy dress match Uh, you can play tournaments as well so there's five different seasons i'm in the fourth season right now so the first season's in australia and at the end of going through this board game you get to kind of the big tournament where you play some of the uh, better known players and if you win that you get more money more followers so it's about building your prestige because you start out in the game like with hardly any points nobody knows who you are but as you go through the seasons you kind of get better more well known you move up the 
tennis rankings and it's just a road to become the best really but yeah it's, it's really fun Re- really enjoying it there are a couple of um, separate mini games so there's a vr version you can play so it's not like vr as you know it basically what it is is it uses the vita's gyroscope and it's first person so you would move the vita around see the ball coming and then hit the ball with your normal buttons so that's pretty cool. It adds another element to it. I did try playing an online game, but I'm not sure if we're actually facing against a person because if they were real, they weren't very good. And I beat them in straight sets. So I, I don't even know if the servers are still up for that or whether they just put me into a random arcade game to make it feel like I was playing against somebody. But I'll have to look into that further. But yeah, that, that was fun. Um, so yeah, every time I've got like a few spare minutes, I'll have a, a few games of virtual tennis because the games are pretty quick between two and five minutes long, depending on if it's a doubles match or a tournament. But yeah, it's good fun. Really enjoying that. The next game I've been playing is Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania. So I really enjoy Super Monkey Ball. And this has got to be one of the most wonderful, frustrating games I've ever played. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderfully frustrating. Okay. Yeah. So there's... Yeah. yeah, 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 you could say that. So there's 10 stages to clear. Um, so each stage has 10 levels, and I'm on the seventh stage at the minute. And each stage has its own uh, theme. So you've got one that's like underwater theme. You've got one that's in like a, for, for some reason, you're in like a cooking pot. And you've basically got to move your ball from one end of the course to another. But some of them are just to- just so random. You've got to try about 100 times to clear the level. It, because it's that they'll use certain mechanics in the game to move certain things in such an obscure way that all you can do is basically just keep going forward without any method to it and just see if you can get to the finish line because there's just that many variables that you can't take into account. One thing that I do like about the game is that you can unlock certain characters with your coins. So when you beat a level, you get a certain amount of coins, and then you can use that to unlock characters. So I've got Sonic the Hedgehog. I've got I've unlocked Tails as well. I've, I've unlocked certain bits of clothing. So I've unlocked some T-shirts, a Sega T-shirt, obviously, because it's a Sega game. Um, and a few other bits like that. So I've got, I've unlocked a different ball as well. So you can unlock different stylings. So I've got a ball that looks like a soccer ball or a football. Uh, so that's that was pretty cool. Uh, but at the minute, it's just proving difficult to actually get through these levels because I'm having to try literally 50 times to to get to get through them. One thing you can do is if you get really frustrated, you can use your coins to kind of bypass the level. So if sometimes when I do get like, I'm never ever going to do this, I will pay a thousand of my coins to skip to the next level, which I've had to do a couple of times. But yeah, not my finest moments. I don't have many of them, so that's that's fine. Well, as long as that's not paid for. <laughs> oh, paid no. for level skips. Yeah. That's T- to be honest, with some of them, I'd, I'd do it. Now you're giving them ideas, Mark. Yeah, yeah. Stop talking, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's been that's been pretty fun. It's it's difficult and challenging, but I can understand why it why it is the way it is. It's because that is the core of the game. There's different mini games that you can play as well, and there's two player. But I've not played that yet. 
because I'm just trying to focus on getting the the main game finished first. But yeah, it's it's good fun. The and the last game that I've been playing, I've played a bit more of the GTA trilogy, and I want to tell you about a mishap that I had with it. So I was on San Andreas, and I decided to spawn myself a tank and just have a bit of mayhem. But I was stood at the side of this building. And when I spawned the tank, the tank pushed me into the building. And then the building turned transparent. And I could see everyone around me because when you spawn a tank, you automatically get, I think it's a three-star rating. So all the police were around looking for me. They couldn't see me because they were in this building. But from the inside looking out, I could shoot them or like punch them to death if I wanted to. And they didn't know where I was. And I tried to get out of the building. I couldn't get out. So I tried using the jetpack cheat to fly up. Couldn't get out. I was just stuck in this see-through box. And I couldn't do anything about it. So eventually I had to switch it off. But that's kind of a a glitch that I found. So, yeah, if you're going to spawn a tank, don't do it at the side of a building. Because you'll be stuck. And then, I'll say that was my last one. There's one more thing that I've done. This is FIFA-related. So I sent you guys a picture yesterday because I ended up making a joking dolphin team because basically I finished my career mode on FIFA and I found my skills lacking the last time we played pro clubs. I thought, oh, you, you get a bit crap now, Nathan, so you need to get back on it again and start playing it regularly because um, I felt I let you both down a bit, a bit more than usual. So I made, I made a new club because you can make your own club on this FIFA and basically I created the joking dolphin club we've got a 20,000 seat stadium called the pod I've um, the home kit is blue with like waves on it the away kit is red with like a sound bar running through the middle because dolphins use echolocation so that's what the sound bars for and the red is because... Oh, you really thought about this, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> and the red is because of the blood that they're going to see once we finish with them. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> uh, but, I guess. Yeah. So with that, I've won the pre-season cup, which has been good. Um, I put myself into League Two because I wanted it to be like a journey from League Two to potentially winning the Premier League and Champions League at some point. Um, I kicked out Salford because you've got to exchange your made-up club with a club. So I thought, right bugger off Salford it's joking dolphin time so I did that and it's not going well in the league I'm not going to lie I didn't get a win for the first like 10 games it it just took so much to get used to in terms of the physicality of league two I think they've replicated that quite well because in the pre-season I was playing against more European style teams so it was easier for me to pass around them but yeah the division two teams are brutes so but I'm getting the hang of it now. We've climbed up to mid-table after being bottom for so long. And um, I'm only nine points off at playoffs now. So we'll see how that goes. But oh, it's, it's been fun getting back into it again. You didn't win in the first 10 games. You're tarnishing our image. I am, yeah. No, that's, that's, that's probably on brand for us, really. <laughs> well, yeah, true. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, it, I must have played it from about 10 o'clock in the morning yesterday to about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And honestly, for the first three hours, I don't think I won a game. I got so upset with myself because I thought, oh, this will be easy after winning pre-season tournament. But it wasn't. So, but yeah, I'll let now I'll get on it, League. Right. 
Joe Bowman to the Video Game Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is where we take a look at a game of high quality or historical importance and induct it into our pantheon of games we feel deserve special recognition. Inductee this episode was originally released in 1986 in the arcades and received a PlayStation port in 1998. Developed and published by Namco, it's Tekken 3. So, what is Tekken 3? If you don't know, Tekken 3 is a fighting game where you control one of a variety of characters and compete to win the King of the Iron Fist tournament, which is pretty much what all the Tekken games are, just about, I think. Roughly. But there's plot. There's plot to Tekken 3. Yes, there is plot. So, I shall read story. From the manual. 15 years after the King of Iron Fist Tournament 2, a communique, I've never heard that term before, a communique, was sent to Hihachi Mishima, the leader of the Mishimi Financial Empire. The report brought the ominous news that his Tekken forces had been obliterated after encountering a mysterious being called Ogre. Soon after receiving this news, martial arts masters from around the world began disappearing. In the midst of Hihachi's concerns about the missing fighters and ogre, a young man appeared before him. His name was Jin Kazama. He claimed to be the son of Kazuya Mishima, whom Hihachi himself had taken to the grave during the last tournament. In a more startling revelation, Jin said that his mother, Jun Kazama, had been attacked by ogre and had vanished. All of these events convinced Hihachi that ogre thrived on the powerful souls of the vanished masters. He also believed that harnessing Ogre's powers could bring immense strength to the Mishima Empire. And thus, Hihachi taught the art of Mishima-style fighting karate to young Jin. Jin's discipline and abilities were strengthened like steel under the intense training, driven by the desire for revenge upon the beast that took his mother's life. Four years have passed, and Hihachi acknowledges Jin's impressive fighting prowess. And now he announces the King of Iron Fist Tournament 3 with Jun as a lure to draw Ogre out into the open. Very intense. Mm. So, should we talk about the gameplay? Yeah. Fast-paced action. I mean, I think one of the, the, the shining bits of it is the, like, moving around on the third axis, wasn't it? So well, that's it, the, the three-dimensional mm. sidestepping. That was fairly cutting-edge for the time. I mean, a nice energetic soundtrack. I really like the soundtrack. Very upbeat. Yeah. And... This was one of the games where it really introduced like the um, juggling. So basically, you could really get those combos going, couldn't you? Like mm. bashing people in there, they just kick them as they fly in the air. The matches were pretty yeah. quick, though, weren't they? Compared yeah, that's it. Well, the well, the countdown timer was like forty seconds, so yeah, you you won't be in a match for more than a couple of minutes if you survive that long. <laughs> yeah, they never lasted particularly very long, did they? Uh, look at the game types. So obviously, you had your standard arcade mode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you played in the arcade and obviously so that's that's the standard thing where you you play every cat you beat every, try and beat every capture in the game up until the point and then you come to ogre don't you who's like the boss yeah and then true ogre it's the final boss yeah even though it's in the same battle he becomes true ogre but anyway. so you got versus mode as well so obviously that's basically two player fight against each other mm-hmm. team battle mode I don't think I ever played this. It's basically about where you choose to form teams. The team to crush all the other team player wins. Could you have like three versus two? Exactly. Did you ever play that version? I played something similar in the later games. Like Tekken Tag Tournament? Yeah. yeah. Then you got survival mode, so you compete to see how many computer opponents you can defeat before your health meter runs out, so that's basically like a gauntlet. Yeah. 
In a time attack mode, compete against the clock. So you complete all the stages to beat the game. This was quite... I think this was quite a departure, wasn't it? Tekken Force mode. So it was a bit like a... Yeah. So beatable. Yeah, it sort of tends Tekken to a bit of like a, a final fight kind of... Well, yeah. ...style game. Um, I actually think I, I remember that that, that one. It's, uh, it's, it's a bit strange because you are still obviously playing sort of breedy characters but on like a mm. 2.5s kind of styles it, it was a bit weird yeah i mean it's, it's a nice little addition but so yeah. basically it was like split into like four stages and then you had to fight against the bosses at the end of each stage well it was another character but in between you were facing goons basically were you Just... yeah but they were all named after birds oh yes so you got like for some reason don't know why so all these goons were like owl, hawk, pigeon. No, some of the birds. No, <laughs> I think they'll be like birds. Pigeon. Pigeon. <laughs> Who's your favourite character? Well, obviously it's the the panda one. The um, <laughs> panda one. The costume swap for Kuma the bear. That or um, Mokujin, the the wood creature. That's funnily enough two thousand years old. Didn't know that. Well, there's a piece of wood in it, so. Did think it was old. But yeah, it's got to be the the panda one for me. It's hilarious. So panda, let's, let's let's have a look at this. So the panda likes bamboo, probably unsurprising though. Uh, dislikes Kuma too. Wasn't it like a sub story where Kuma had a secret crush on panda? I think that I think that's what it was. <laughs> that that could totally be but possible. It, but it wasn't reciprocated. Panda didn't care. <laughs> Panda's female, if you haven't worked that one out. Uh, occupation: pet and bodyguard. That's no, it's bringing the money in. Bodyguard. Yeah. Can you guess what the hobby, what, what panda's hobby is? Eating bamboo. Uh, no, but I'm sure they do that. Oh, um, playing chess. <laughs> no. No idea. Flower bed maintenance. <laughs> how can he, how, saying that, I reckon they'd be good at weeding with its claws. Just digging all that stuff out that you don't need. I can but, see yeah. that. So these were like secret characters, and obviously you had a, uh, as you said, Mokujin. Yeah. So, likes mimicry, dislikes evil, and what else do you think Mokujin dislikes? Think about what it is. So, it's a wooden... Fire? I already know what this is. Oh. Uh, yeah, think about it. So, so it's basically, it's, it's a wooden character, isn't it? Yeah. What would they dislike? Bears? No. <laughs> Not bears, good, no. Good guess. It's chainsaws. Yes. <laughs> this likes chainsaws. I, 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 sense, but... <laughs> I enjoyed the blood type. Sap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Occupation training dummy. I quite liked the um do you see have you seen the ending sequence for Mokaji? I wasn't that good at the Can't game. Remember. So So basically it's like it seems like a family of Mokajins. They're playing Tekken in the woods. Oh, that's, that's nice. what it looks like. And I presume it's Mokujin's wife or mother or somebody, because it's just a Mokujin with a dress on, and then she just smacks him because flying. <laughs> it's all very weird. That's got but to be his mum. Yeah, probably. All right. Who are your favourite character, Mark? I quite well. I would be really boring and say that. Well, the one that I played, I was a uh, Forest Law. Yeah. But that's because I love Bruce Lee and anyway, Bruce. Yeah. That sort of style. It's basically any fighting game where they had a character who was like Bruce Lee. That's the one I gravitated towards. 
They've got Forest Law. Forest is Martial Law's proud son. Paul dragged him into the tournament, but he now feels that this is an ideal opportunity to prove his strength to his father and to himself. Hobby. Do you know what his hobby is? Hobby is? Martial arts? No. That's more of his occupation, really. Horse riding. No. <laughs> Shopping. Shopping? Yeah. All right. So we've got Jim Kazama, martial, occupation martial artist. He likes walking in the forest. About Ling Xiao. So this is a 16-year-old girl. She's the owner of Panda. Ah. Oh, okay. Any guesses what her hobbies are? Picking bamboo. Visiting amusement parks. She dislikes maths teachers. Oh, yeah, just maths teachers. What's wrong with maths teachers? How dare. Huarang? Hobby. Yachting. Okay. Now, do you remember Eddie Gorder? Yeah, sounds for me. The, um, so he's the Brazilian, Brazilian. Yeah, yeah, dances around, that kind of thing. Now, I thought he used to be pretty cool, until I learned about him, his bio, recently. Uh, it's, this, this, this is his bio. It says, son of a wealthy industrialist in Brazil, Eddie seeks revenge against the organisation that took his father's life and unjustly put him in prison. Eddie joined the tournament with the intention of taking over the machine of financial empire so that he could use its resources against the organisation. But then it's like, you look at his hobbies, likes, dislikes, and it becomes quite a annoying person i think so hobby leadership training likes power dislikes weakness and the guys like eddie a bit that more seems to really fit his character from what guy's rich as well power he's like inherited all this wealth it's like i thought he was just like some guy off the streets so it's yeah. so it's eddie that bought that um barbie game for 1600 dollars <laughs> yeah. uh, paul phoenix Paul yeah, he likes motorcycles. He likes pizza and the smell of gasoline. Me too. All right. Yeah. Dislikes freeways in Japan. He was caught in a massive traffic jam during the previous tournament. Freeways in Japan? Freeways. Oh, freeways. Free I thought he said freeways. Who <laughs> <laughs> oh. dislikes that? You got Lei Long, who's based on Jack Chan, I think. The occupation, policeman. Hobby, movies and naps. Likes electronics, dislikes crime and criminals. Ah, another character I really liked. King. Ah, King. King. pretty cool. Occupation, pro wrestler and manager of an orphanage. Good good man, King. Uh, Hobby, helping orphan children. Likes celebrating victory with Armour King. Dislikes the tears of children. (laughs) Nice guy. (laughs) I will say that the... From what I remember of playing this game, I always think my my favorite character that I sort of gravitated gravitated towards was um is it Yoshimitsu? Yes, Yoshimitsu. Yes. Um, uh, just because he had a crazy vice. Yes, occupation leader of the Manji clan. Hobby watching sumo wrestling matches. You know, I've actually recently started doing that. Uh, and surfing the net. Uh, likes oh likes video game arcades. Oh, sounds like, like an arcade already. person. Yeah. Well, if yeah. I saw him in an arcade, I'd be running off straight away. <laughs> he dislikes villains and poor losers. Brackets in video games. Oh, man, I like us too much. <laughs> yeah. Got Nina Williams as well. A hobby, retracing memories. Likes, doesn't remember. Maybe milk tea. Dislikes, doesn't remember. Maybe Anna, her sister. That's another secret character. Do you know what's a weird character? Gone, the little dinosaur. 
Gone, gone. was cool. Yes. Gone was cool. But psycho good man. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just look at um Gone's biography. Gone is a small, silent dinosaur of unknown species. When events caused others of his kind to become extinct, Gone somehow survived and now spends his time travelling the world, exploring his environments and interacting with the other animals he meets. Gone is very strong, being able to lift things much heavier than he is, and has a tough, almost impenetrable hide. Personality. Gone has a very short temper and has very little patience. Despite this, Gone is very warm-hearted and likes interacting with fellow animals and will always aid any other beings in their time of need. Gone also has a very large appetite and is always on the hunt for food. While he is of limited intelligence, Gon does have a cunning side, particularly when it comes to hunting. I do like how Gon's arms come out of his torso. That's weird. It's just kind of like... <laughs> just like Jordan Pickford. <laughs> you could unlock Ogre at some point, couldn't you? Yeah, if you completed it a number of times, you, you could unlock him. That's the thing. It's, do you know? That's one, I think there was something like 23 characters overall, I think. Something like that. Mm. And every time you beat it with a different character, you unlocked another. So I think if you beat it once, you get Kuma, I think it was. Let's have a look. Yeah, got it. So if you be a first time story mode, you get Kuma 2 or Slash Panda. Yeah. Next time was Julia Chang. Hmm. Third time was Gunjack. Four was uh, Mokujin. Mokujin. Fifth time is Anna Williams. Six is Brian Fury. Seven is Heitachi Mishima. Eighth was Ogre. And then nine was True Ogre. Strangely then jumps to 16. 16? Yeah, 16 times you get Tiger Jackson. Ah, the disco guy. Yeah. Oh, that's the last one with story mode. Uh, so 16 times with a different character. Then if you beat Tekken Force mode four times, you unlock Dr. B. Dr. Boskonovich. Mm. And then to unlock Gon, uh, you have to beat him in Tekken Ball. Uh, mode <laughs> yeah. I'm not too familiar with. Let's see, I think that was like volleyball. Yeah. Something like that. Or achieving a high score in survival mode and inputting the name Gone. I like he, he had a move called uh, Gone with the Wind. Basically, he just turn around and started <laughs> on people. <laughs> That's quite... Did you ever put the um the disc in your CD play? I didn't. Uh, or did it? Did it play the music of the game when you did? It did. It played mm. a song called The King of Iron Fist Tournament Three. Enter the Tekken. Actually, I actually did this yesterday. Listen to it. It's, it's quite funky. Interesting. But you could actually do that with a lot of PS1 games, couldn't you? Yeah, did, you could do something similar with Tomb Raider. I remember um, GTA London. I did. You could do that. That was really good. Yeah. It's these nice little Easter eggs that we don't get nowadays. Like, for example, yeah. like inputting Gon's name and achieving a high score to unlock him. It's like little Easter eggs like that that we don't we don't get nowadays. Everything just seems a bit too linear. No, no real cheats for this though, is there? So to speak. Not, not really. I think it's. Cheats. I recall no. For this, it's more learning the combinations, which were absolutely insane. I think you've got the collector's edition as well, aren't you? Um, I've got Mark. Yeah. But inside here, there's different um, combos you can do with these characters. So it's like at the bottom, you can see the combinations there. 
it's pretty cool. Isn't this as well, is this like the, the only Tekken game where you don't play as Kazuya? Yeah, because I think at this time he was presumably dead. Well, yeah, it's, it's, I think storyline-wise he'd, he'd been thrown over a cliff by yeah. Itachi. Happens quite a lot in this. In well, the that's family. it, yeah. yeah like that all. In, the, uh, <laughs> in the Mishima family. If it's not a cliff. tossed over a cliff. It's a uh, volcano. <laughs> Well, I think that was in seven, wasn't it? It was like, right, this is it. This is we're fine. One of us is going to die. Spoilers. <laughs> I I always enjoyed Tekken three. I pl- well, I did. I played it quite a lot when I was younger. I was about seven or eight years old, and um, a couple of my friends always used to come to our house, and we'd used to my mum would drive us to school, and we'd always used to sit around in my room, eat toast, and just take it in turns playing Tekken three. That were always fun. And funnily enough, when um, I was leaving my childhood home, my dad rang me and said, is there anything that you want? Because I'd moved out by this. Well, when my dad was leaving my childhood home, he said, do you want to come and have a look and see if there's anything that you want to take before it all goes into skip, basically? And I was going through my drawers and every now and again, things would fall behind my drawers because I was incredibly messy when I was younger. And... When I took all the drawers out at the bottom of the set of drawers, I ended up finding this, the uh, the collector's edition. And I'm just thankful that I managed to find it because if not, it would have been lost to time in a skip somewhere. So, yeah, that was some other lucky so-and-so would have had it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Skip diving. For it. That's where you got your copy, was the mum? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <From> Nathan Skip. <laughs> Nathan Skip, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i think for a good literally about two months on end that's all we'd do in mornings mm. part of the morning routine just play a bit of tekken eat toast with butter on then go to school toast and tekken mm. the stuff dreams are made of <laughs> i've got some trivia some characters so oh. both jin kazama and ling Zhao. i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right if you played as them 50 times each you unlocked them in school uniforms. Okay. That's a very Japanese thing, isn't it? Yeah, it was well said. It's very Japanese, isn't it? School uniforms. <laughs> uh, Yoshimitsu, apparently his sword is strong enough to cut through stone. And apparently he has the most different costumes of any Tekken character in the series. I can imagine, yeah, he always seems to be the one that's redesigned the most throughout all the Tekken series. Uh, Nina Williams is the first and only character in the Tekken series to get their own game. Death by degrees. Right. Eddie Gordo. What does Gordo mean in Portuguese and Spanish, respectively? What's it mean? If you could get this, I'll be impressed. Flapjacks. Uh, no. You sound pretty confident there. I thought, oh, what? Yeah, actually, not. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, they say if you say something confidently enough, people tend to believe you, unless they actually know. Um, uh, wine. Nope. It means... Fat. So he's actually called Eddie Fat. Oh, right. <laughs> Which Poor is guy. really weird. Yeah. Strange. King. So King's grapples and strikes are based off actual famous wrestlers. So he's got Undertaker and Kane's Tombstone Piledriver. He's got Kenny Kuman's Kanuki Buster. Jake the Snake's Robert's DDT. Uh, and then he's also got the Scorpion Deathlock slash Sharpshooter from Stig Brett Hart. Oh, and also uh, Iron Sheet's Camel Clutch. Oh. <laughs> He's a pro wrestler, really, you know. Well, 
That's it. But I think my favourite one is Forest Law. Forest Law appeared in a TV commercial aired in the year 2000 by the Swiss Milk Producers Association, where he fought and lost against their cow mascot called Lovely. You can actually find this on YouTube. I did go and find that. It's quite funny. Oh, it's not very good quality <laughs> for video, but it's quite funny. Fun little thing as well uh, that we could have had in the news uh, that got announced about a week ago. Netflix is making a TV, well, yeah. anime. Yeah, called yeah. Tekken Bloodline. Hmm. It's following the events prior to and during Tekken 3, apparently. Mm. I think it's all based on um, Jin's upbringing, isn't it? Of like how. I think so. And yes. all sort of how Ogre kidnaps his mom and all that kind of stuff. So he, he obviously goes to find his father and be tall ways of the Mishima nope. bloodline. <laughs> Anime is not really my thing, but I'll give it a look. It's not released. No good, it. actually. No released I thought the, the start looked pretty good. I was planning on watching the Tekken film, but I couldn't oh, find yeah. any stream service. I know, uh, you can get, I know you can get it for like £2.50 to rent on like Amazon Prime or something. What was that one called? Well, that was released in 2010. It's a bit... When I think of like, you know, um, video game fighting films, I yeah. always end up thinking like, they're like in the mid-90s or late 90s or something. Yeah. Oh, There's this one in 2010. I was like, oh, right, okay. I didn't think it was that recent. I was just going to say, they have done um, like animated films, haven't they? Yeah. They did another one in 2014. Was that animation? Uh, let's have a look. I don't think it was. No, live, live cast. Oh, oh the second to Kazuya's Revenge. Because I think the I think the first film, it got released in, was it something like Indonesia or something? I can't remember. Some, someplace in the Far East. Was it Thailand? I can't remember. And it did poorly there, and it never got a wide distribution worldwide. They just went straight to DVD. Oh, that's where you know it's bad. Straight to DVD. Yeah. I I don't. I can't recall a Tekken live action film. Yeah, I don't think it had anyone we remember. I mean, obviously, when you think of Street Fighter, there's people in it you know, in the Jungle Van Damme, etc. In this, it's just people that never heard of. Yeah, just looking at that one, it made 1.7 million at the box office. So, not surprised. Hmm. Didn't realise actually they had, they had the first is they they had a film like an animation film in 1998. Yeah, not watched that. I imagine it's probably better than the live action one. That's about right having a a, a film around that time. Yeah, it seems like a thing around then, doesn't it? Mm. Looks like it's based on the based around the third one as well. Well, it would be I think sort of. The, and the fourth one was That's into the 2000, around, wasn't, wasn't it? So. Singapore, that way it was. <laughs> That's how much it made. That's the second one. So the first one did a bit better. Oh. So there you go, Tekken 3 into the video game Hall of Fame. If you enjoyed listening to us, please consider tuning in next time. We release by weekly on Tuesdays. You can visit our website, jokingdolphin.com, where we post the Hall of Fame. Also, feel free to follow us on all social media platforms to continue the conversation. You can find Joking Dolphin on YouTube and Facebook as well as on Instagram and Twitter, at Joking Dolphin. Until next time, thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye. See you later.